Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by CGC Cards, card grading all in one place. CGC Cards is devoted to expert grading of collectible cards, including TCGs, sports cards, and non-sports cards. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by GemRate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit GemRate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTMs, cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. Drew, it is season five, episode 39. We are finished with September, September 30th, my friend. Can you believe it? That's amazing. I mean, it just it seems to have flown by. It felt like just yesterday I was going off my first game in Frisco. I know. Baseball, I, I was telling my wife. Two more games for baseball and the season's over. I can't believe it. My yeah. my fantasy team, I'm gonna finish in like seventh or eighth crappy mm-hmm. team. I I had a good team, but I had so many injuries. I, I I can't believe even up until the last two weeks, I got I have guys getting hurt. So it's just it's been a problem in both baseball and football this year, it seems. It's just I seems there's so many injuries just coming out of nowhere right now. Yeah, and there's just you know, when I'm in a, a ten team league, we just do AL only, and uh these guys have been playing forever, so there's no one there's never anyone out, out to pick yeah. up. It's just you know, you're picking up, you know, uh, middle relievers and backup catchers, and it's just mm-hmm. it's just terrible, terrible, yep, terrible yep. year in, in, in fantasy baseball. Um having a much better year in fantasy football, though I did sit David Montgomery this week. Oh, <laughs> so we'll see I'm ha- i am having a good year though well guys you're listening to nationally ranked sports card podcast ttm cast we have a show every saturday and every wednesday so if you're new to the show welcome 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 spread the word let your friends know what we're doing my name is jeff baker i'm talking to you from boston massachusetts and i have my friend and co-host all the way down in texas that's arlington texas for you locals he is right in the arlington fort worth dallas area and he of course is drew pelto he is dfw grapher on youtube he also does twitter do we have to start calling it x uh no like i said i don't i don't give into billionaires who are just who just do stuff to throw hissy fit so no it's but he twitter. is on he is on twitter and follow him on twitter it's dfw grapher make sure you check out his videos he posts a video just about every week uh with his ttm successes sometimes you get some play-by-play Sometimes you get Aubrey, which is is why I watch. I don't I I, I don't want to see Drew. I want to see Aubrey doing her doing her TTM and but it's a, they're fun videos. Make sure you check it out, right, Drew? Yes, absolutely. And uh, I think this week's uh, one. I think if I remember right, yeah, because I opened some stuff with Aubrey on the weekend, so we'll have her uh, in this week's video as well. Yep, we love seeing Aubrey. She's 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 awesome. Keep Aubrey around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, my week has been kind of quiet. Uh, I got some stuff in the mail. I got I went to the Red Sox and uh, Rays game on Wednesday and Bob Stanley, former uh, closer and, and relief pitcher for the Red Sox, was signing. I got a five by seven uh, photo signed by him and I also got him to sign a 
baseball for me, but we got an extra five by seven Bob Stanley that we're going to give away. We're going to give it away next Wednesday. We'll announce the winner next Wednesday. All right, true. So okay. if you want, if you want to win a five by seven autograph photo of Bob Stanley, all you have to do is send me your name and your mailing address to TTMcast at yahoo.com. And Drew, what is that? That is the most powerful email in the hobby. Yes. Right. You Absolutely. never know what you're going to get. Uh, you just, just send us an email and, and you might win something. Yeah. Or you might get we're, on the show, right? Yeah, we're always giving stuff away. We we'll, we'll take questions. We'll uh I mean, we we've got other stuff we'll mention later on as well. We've got there, there's a lot going on on there. Yeah. yeah. Just from a simple little email. What's that email again, Drew? ttmcast at yahoo.com. Guys, you don't know it, but Drew is in got his A game going today. His A oh. game today. He is uh this is probably going to be his best show. We're going to send this off to the uh his, the broadcast Hall of Fame, okay, and we will we'll get you in. I have to give credit to my wife for this too because she went and got me coffee this morning. So ah, that, 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 that's, that's why he is he is all hyped up. Well, guys, yeah. uh, there will be no show on Saturday. No show on Saturday. Uh, I'm heading to Savannah with my family for the uh, Columbus Day weekend. My kids and my wife got me a trip to Savannah for Father's Day, and. Um, we're going to Savannah. I've never been. So we're looking forward to, we're going to go on the ghost tour. We're going to go on a river a dinner cruise. We're going to go uh, check out Savannah, all the historical sites and uh, probably gain 10 pounds. <laughs> nice. Have you ever been? I have not. The only, I mean, that's uh, it's like just over the uh, South Carolina border, right? Yep. In uh, Georgia. Yeah. And I have not been to South Carolina yet. And my only time I've been to Georgia was a very quick loop into it on the way back from uh, Chattanooga and changing planes in Atlanta once. So uh, my, my experiences with that particular portion of the country is very limited. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So I will have a full report on Savannah on next, not this coming up Wednesdays, but the following Wednesday show. We'll, go, we'll have a full report, all right? Nice. Drew, how's your week going? Uneventful, which is pretty nice, actually. I mean, <laughs> I haven't, uh, the last thing I did with, uh, you know, collecting wise was, I mentioned on the uh, Wednesday show, but on Sunday I went out to the Rangers and Mariners game and got Bryce Miller to sign for me. So got two cards out of him, but that has been about it. I mean, baseball season has ended. I haven't made any purchases or any trades because we're saving up money to go to uh, Colorado at the end of October. So, uh, yeah, nothing really new to add at all. So, uh, yeah, that's it's been an uneventful week, and I'm totally okay with that. Very cool. Hey, I got my – you can see this. I got in the mail. I got my 1958 Nelly Fox PSA ah, certified nice. uh, all-star card and very happy cards and mm -hmm. cards in pretty good shape. I would give it like probably a, a four or five, no creases. The corners are a little soft, but I don't really care about condition. I just cared about the autograph, you know? Right. Exactly. All right, bud. Um, we have guys, we have a really fun show for you this week. We have a really special guest uh, this week. We have Tim Gallagher. Tim Gallagher works for Robert Edwards Auction. He's the uh, one of the consigners. So if you have something you're looking to sell, you would go through Tim or one of his uh, compatriots. He is also a huge autograph collector and a basketball historian. And he's noted in the hobby for his uh, vast collection. He sold off a lot of, a lot of his stuff as well. Uh, but he, when he was a kid, you know, back in the 70s, uh, he would 
write all the college players and try to have a relationship with these college basketball players. And he be, became had had a relationship with all sorts of guys. He's gotten Michael Jordan in person and all sorts of cool stuff. So we're going to uh, hear from Tim Gallagher later in the show. On Wednesday's show, we have Rich Brummeth. He is the happy collector. You might fall. He's on uh, TikTok and on YouTube. He does videos, like two or three videos every day. And he's a, uh, a really cool guy. So he is going to be on Wednesday's show. Drew, why don't you let people know about all the, all the regular segments as well we're going to have today? Yeah, we got our, our typical schedule here for these uh, Saturday shows. We've got Baker's Dozen, where we're going to cover all of the news from the collector's world here from the previous week or thereabouts. Les Wolf, as you said, is going to be doing some appraisals here this week. So we'll get to hear from him and see what some of our listeners have that uh, they want him to take a look at. Tim Gallagher, as you mentioned, will be on, followed by Making the Grade, where we cover everything in the world of grading including this week's Big Three, where we're going to have Ryan from Gemrate on to read those off for us. Got our stamp approval. Jeff and I give our thumbs up to anything from the previous week. You never know what it's going to be out of us. I mean, it might be food-related. It might be a TV show. It might be something completely off the wall. It might even be something collectibles-related. You never know. It's always fun to stick around for that. We've got the Burn Rap Minute, where we cover all the deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics. Anybody you might consider TTMing, if they have passed on, we will let you know about it. And, of course, the main reason why we all are here are TTM returns. Yeah, Drew, we have to get a better grade on returns. I would give us a, a yeah. solid C- minus for returns in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't know if I can even give myself a C- minus at this point. This is, I'm, I'm in the D range right now. I mean, this is <laughs> – I got to get these ones written right here. Once I get these written, it's like, okay, then, then maybe we're getting somewhere. Cool. Very cool. Well, again, we have a, a fun show for you guys. We always love to hear from you, right? We love to hear from you, get feedback, tell us how bad we are, how good we are. We don't really care. We just want to we want to hear from you. So um, send us an email if you want to be on the show. We're always looking for collectors, right? We yep. love to hear from uh, we, we. You don't have to have a, a ten million dollar collection, guys. We, you know, if if you collect uh, baseball pins, we'll we'll talk to you. We love to talk to yeah. guys that have a passion for collecting. So if you want to be on the show, if you want to enter any of our contests, we're giving away a Bob Stanley photo this week. All you have to do is send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. and we'll do the rest. So make sure you jot that down. All right, Drew. I think we got all our housekeeping in order. Let's get right into Baker's dozen. Mm-hmm. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there's always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a news summary of what's been going on in the hobby. Kind of a, a slow week this week in terms of news. Um, not quite sure why, why what the lull is, but it's been kind of a slow week in terms of news. I just want to remind everyone about our friends at Collects. If you want to get $10, a free $10 to spend in the Collects Marketplace, it's really easy. All you have to do is send us your Collects name, and you just go on to username. You go on to either Google Play or Amazon App Store, download it, it's free, 
And uh, once you have a Collects name, send it all along to us with your email address and we will forward that off to Collects and they'll send you 10 bucks and you can spend it any way you want in their mar marketplace. Get uh, any card you want. I know Drew just burned through his $10 the other day, last week, I believe. What'd you get? What'd you end up getting? I, I actually have only used part of it so far. I still have a little bit left that I can use up there, but I picked up the uh, 1991 Bowman card of uh, rookie card of uh, Mike Vicina. So I can mail that out as another uh, Hall of Famer rookie chart card to get. So yeah, I want to make sure cool. I grab that one. So I've got, I've got him on his, I've got him on his score and upper deck ones so far. So I want to get the Bowman one. There's still a couple more I need to get, but yeah, at least knock out another rookie card. Yeah. I wonder if they have any good Corey Snyder cards that you don't have that you should, you should check that. Oh, I, I have looked, and unfortunately, it's on Snyder stuff, I'm down to so many oddball things that it's like, I've looked through, I haven't found anything on there. I'm always keeping an eye out there on him and on Boris Salming, but you know so what I far, bet, nothing. I bet at the National this year, because it's in Cleveland, you you might get some cool Corey Snyder, like local stuff and some regional stuff, you know? Yeah, I'm going to, if I'm able to go to it, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out to see uh, what I'm able to find there. All right, well, make sure you send us your collects username and your uh, email address to ttmcast at yahoo.com and they'll send you $10 to spend in their marketplace. It's pretty cool. So that, that that's easy. Free $10. You don't have to do much. All right, Drew, we have some auction news, some auction results. Yeah, we do. We mentioned on the uh, Wednesday show there that uh, bidding was coming to a close on that 1972 Wilt Chamberlain Lakers finals jersey. It had reached $4 million already by that point. Didn't quite get to $5 million, but sold for $4.9 in that Sotheby's auction. So big prices on jerseys there. I mean, it's a Will Chamberlain jersey. I don't think you can ever go wrong with, you know, a guy like him. Wouldn't, you be, wouldn't it be nice to have the disposable income that can just plop down $5 million on a jersey? <laughs> yeah, I would love to be able to do that. There's there's so much I'd be doing with that. But yeah, I mean, just even have that money, I would I would love that. Well, speaking of money, I hope you guys uh, play the Powerball tonight. It's over nine hundred million, guys. So yep. if you want, if you want to play in the in the big league, so to speak, get get your get your two dollars or your ten dollars or whatever, and buy a few quick picks. Uh, Powerball nine hundred over nine hundred million uh, tonight, I believe. It's tonight or tomorrow. I think tonight. I'm not certain though. But yeah, it's either, either way, I'll, I'll, either way, I'll have to get my ticket today at some point. Yeah, it's this weekend, so uh, good luck. Hey, Drew, our friends at Fanatics slash Tops, they messed up again. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand how they do this. Is is it because they're just rushing through things, or the communication isn't there? Or I'm not quite sure. These how these problems continue to arise, and I'm talking about, of course, is that they printed um, ninety five duplicate one of ones from the uh, super factors that are in the 2023 Bowman Chrome baseball. Uh, I'm not quite sure how that happens. I don't either, but one of the things that's mentioned in, uh, you know, Fanatics' counter suit against Nini was that how much better quality control has gotten since they took over the printing facility. And for them to make that claim and then do this makes that claim absolutely less. Yeah, I'm. It's more fodder for for Panini, I'm sure. But uh, Tops has offered to buy back all the the 95 one of ones duplicates that are out there. I'm not sure how you can tell the difference between the one the one of one the right one and the one of one that was a duplicate. But they're uh, this they're spent they've proposed to spend over seven hundred thousand dollars to buy back these duplicates. They're anywhere from I don't know. I think it was seventy five thousand dollars to. Um, 
of like, you know, a couple thousand dollars, depending on who the player is. Uh, hobby boxes are now selling for about 300 bucks. Um, you know, it, it's going to create a fervor to, to get these Bowman Chrome baseball cards. I, I don't have any, Drew. Did you buy any? Have you bought any of these? I have not. No. Yeah, I don't think they're really available retail. I think it's only through card stores, so hobby boxes. But um, I don't know. This, you know, is it, it, it from what I'm seeing, what I'm reading is that it was a natural, uh, an unintended error. Like they did, they're not doing this on purpose. It was right. some, somebody messed up and it was, it was an error, but uh, it could turn into a lot more money for the fanatics tops. Right. Because now there's, yeah. there's this huge demand that may or may not have been there for these, the, the 2023 Bowman Chrome baseball. So, um, I don't, I don't think it's so much it's going to be a major profit for them at all, so much as the hobby shops that have picked up all those boxes are going to have a real nice windfall on it. Because, I mean, Tops and Fanatics are going to have to fork out all the money to buy those uh, one-of-ones back. And it looks good on their products selling for that amount, but it's all on the secondary market at this point. Yeah, true, true. But uh, I don't know. It's in haste, right? I guess, they, I guess the only reason you can say – there's only two reasons why it happened, right? There was somebody who was rushing to get something out or – there was poor communication between the printing and the and, and tops or fanatics, right? right. Those those right. are the only two reasons why. Yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, especially if they're going to come right out and say, "No, this was not intentional." Because I mean, you can claim that as a possibility, but no, this doesn't sound like it was at all. Yeah, and if you know, if it was if it was dubious, and obviously you never quite know uh, when it comes to comes to the hobby. Sometimes when this happens, but it doesn't appear to be right. So we'll what in. Right. They were pretty upfront about it, and uh, you know they are investing some money to to buy these back. Um, I don't know. It just an, uh, just a, another black mark. I get. I guess that we have to live with, right? Yep, exactly. All right, but we have some new releases uh, to talk about the 2022-23 Upper Deck X, SPX Hockey Hobby Boxes. You get one pack of five cards with one auto, and those are going for about one hundred twenty-five dollars. Those are from Upper Deck 2022-23 uh SPS hockey and speaking of hockey i just watched the um the bruins and flyers the uh last night the flyers won in overtime i can't believe they do a, sh a shootout an overtime and a shootout in an exhibition game i guess i mean they got to get ready they, they got to tune themselves up for uh for the penalty shots and everything so I, it kind of makes some sense but yeah i guess so but it, it, they went a little extra all right what else we got drew We've got the uh, Topps Chrome McDonald's All-American Basketball Hobby Boxes coming out for any of you uh, basketball prospectors out there. You can see 20 packs with four cards per pack. That is 80 cards per box. Two autographs. $160 is the price tag on those. Drew, we have a fun release. I really like these. It's a 2022-23 Panini Contenders Optic Basketball. They're really neat. Uh, neat. 2022-23 Optic Basketball. You get six cards in a pack. You get one autograph. There's only one pack, and those are going for about $360. 2022-23 Panini Contenders Optic Basketball for $360. Got another Panini offering coming out with the Mosaic Football Choice Box. That'll be $390, but you're going to get in there 10 packs of 15 cards. That's 150 cards there and two autographs. So once again, this is the choice box. They've had a couple of different varieties of boxes there this year. So choice is going to be $390, 150 cards. I really like the, the mosaic. Yes. I, mean, I, re I really like that. Um, for, we got a couple first off lines, Drew. Panini Black Football 2023. Black, uh, black Football, you get five cards in a pack. 
a one pack. It, they're going for about seven hundred bucks, kind of a higher higher end release. Drew, have you seen these? Have you seen the Panini Black? I have not for this year, but their past ones have been all uh, pretty cool. It's uh, similar to Obsidian, you know, with the black backgrounds and everything. So a lot of uh, a lot of that kind of stuff, a lot of uh, good contrast there in the uh, photos on the black backgrounds there. So it's always a pretty cool product. And I'm assuming the rookies will probably be in the their NFL unis, right? You would think so? Yes, those are all, I believe, all from the uh, rookie photo shoot even. So a lot of really cool uh, posed stuff in front of like, I know some of those we've done in the past have been like, posed in front of their in front of like a locker or something like that so a lot of really good stuff in there okay we'll have to, have to check it out yeah got another first off the line for you as well panini select baseball first off the line has come out you'll see five packs of 12 cards there 60 cards total two autographs two memorabilia cards 350 dollars for the first off the line they're not bad for being a first off the line product no no very good and panini is keeping baseball alive right they they're, they're yeah. trying to keep their baseball alive uh you're not getting any current players but you get do get rookies and you get um retired veterans so um you know it's it it is what it is and i bet what what are the you think the regular boxes are going to go for about probably 100 150 bucks 125 bucks maybe i would say yeah probably about 150 if i guess right now Cool. Well, that wraps up Baker's Dozen. I told you there's not a lot going on this week, but we're going to let everyone know about all the uh, cool new releases and, and what other news as well. All right, Drew, you ready for less? Absolutely. I'm always ready for some less. <laughs> no one is just quite ready for less. We just we, we just sit back and let them go. So uh, this week uh, we talked to Les Wolf, of course, Les Wolf from Les Wolf Sports LLC. He has been collecting for over 60 years. He is a, a dealer as well. Um, and he has uh, we, he talks about Brooks Robinson, the passing of Brooks Robinson. He uh, met Mr. Robinson a bunch of times and had some interaction with him. Uh, we also do a we do some appraisals. Uh, we had a bunch of appraisals sent in from our listeners. We have four cool things sent in from our, I should say from four different listeners, but and a couple multiples as well. So uh, please enjoy uh, more from Les with our friend Les Wolf. And now it's time for more from Les with hobby legend Les Wolf. It's football season. There's no better time to get your NFL stars, rookies, and veteran cards graded. CGC Cards offers fast turnaround times, so you get your cards back even faster. They have crystal clear holders, so your cards shine. And best yet, all starting at just $12 a card. Head to cgccards.com to start grading your cards today. All right, guys, we have a very busy show today with, with, with Les Wolf. Les Wolf is going to we're gonna talk a little TTM. We're going to talk uh, remembering Brooks Robinson. We're going to do our uh, monthly appraisals. So we got uh, four things in from listeners. They're all kind of cool. So we will do that uh, last. But first, let's talk a little. Let's talk Brooks Robinson uh, with Les. I know Les has met Brooks many times. Why don't you tell us a little about your interactions with Brooks and, and, and you know your feelings as Brooks uh, as the kind of ambassador to the to the game. I have to tell you, of all the athletes, and I've met probably thousands. Brooks was one of the best guys you ever want to meet. He was he was like the the guy next door. He's just super 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 nice all the time. Never refused a collector. You know anything you wanted, he would take care of you. Um, he he would talk sports. He would talk anything you want. He, he was just a quality man. You know, it's very sad to see him go. 
Um, but he he was just a very unique individual. You, I don't think in our lifetimes we'll never meet anybody as quality as him. And do, you remember your, do you remember your first interaction with him? Did you have a, an interaction as a as a young man? Uh, you know, in person collect in person graphing. I remember getting him early on, and he just couldn't have been any nicer. I mean, most of the time in the oral in the in the early seventies, late sixties, most of the Orioles like Frank and those guys were not easy signers. Yep. But him and Palmer were always nice, and and Brooks always gave you that uh, perfect handwriting. You know, like the Harmon Killebrews and the Al K lines, they all get gave perfect handwritings. And he, he just, you know, he continued up until the day he passed to, you know, answer his mail. I mean, he was a dedicated uh, Hall of Famer, dedicated to his fans. You know, I think every every sport and every team should have like a Brooks Robinson as someone to look up to, because you know, as Mike Francesa once said. Uh, you never want to meet your idols, but if you're going to meet an idol, I, I would say you have to meet somebody like Brooks Robinson because he was he was a Hall of Famer on the field and off the field and as a person. And heaven is getting uh, one of the greatest third basemen ever and one of the greatest individuals that I've ever met in my life. Well, tell, tell us, did you have any extended interaction with him, uh, you know, either at a show or outside, or do you have a story you can share? Um just just talking baseball with him he was just so knowledgeable you know he'd give you a different perspective on everything and you know you know you try i tried to give him pictures and stuff but he always had everything he was just there, there i can't think of one story that doesn't stand out more than anything else because he was just that kind of guy a great 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 guy did you have um people when you know when you were doing national and stuff with people coming asking you for autograph Brooks Robinson balls or any uh, memorabilia? Not really. I mean, Brooks signed so much stuff. You know, it's you know that he is, it, know, is he is he in the Bob Feller uh, camp in terms of how many autographs I, he's I would, during his lifetime? I would, say, I would have to say yes. He's probably pretty close to that. Because he's Bob Feller is the is the one that signed the most. You think, right? Yeah, and from what I understand, I heard Babe Ruth did the same thing back in his day. Yeah, I'm sure because there are a lot of Babe Ruth autographs out there, and we were, in fact, we were talking. Um, Kevin and I were trying to we we're talking one time, and we we were like, him. There must be a million autographs of Babe Ruth out there. Who's that, Kevin, Kevin Savage? Kevin Keating. Keating. Oh yeah. No, there's got to be a million Babe Ruth autographs out there, don't you think? Yeah, well, he never he never said no to anybody. Yep, it's really cool. And, I, you know, Brooks was great. I got Brooks four or five times through the mail. And uh, just recently, I, I I do some stuff with the Bob Feller uh, Foundation. And I and he signed a couple cards for me for the Bob Feller Foundation, like, less than a month ago. So, yes, mm -hmm. as, as you said, he was signing up till the day he passed. And he stopped signing a little because I think he broke his hand or he got sick. And then he, uh, he, he got right back in signing fairly quickly. Yeah. Like I said before, one of the quality individuals you're ever going to meet. Do he we have? Like, is, there, is, is there another guy out there now that that kind of takes takes the rein from 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 Brooks in terms of signing? Is there there's somebody that that, um, you know, is, is that is kind of that ambassador now that that Brooks is no longer with us? I don't think so. 
I don't think so either. I was trying to think of somebody and, you know, you mentioned Palmer. Palmer's a great signer. Uh, you know, maybe Andre Dawson. Andre Dawson's a great signer, you know? But, yeah, but they're always asking for money in the mail. Yeah, I know. You know Brooks, Brooks, you know, Brooks, I'm sure accepted money in the mail, but he really, that wasn't who he was all about. Brooks yeah, I was think... all, Brooks was all about taking care of the fans and caring about the fans. And I just wish some of the, the, the players that play nowadays, the superstars and the, the kids coming up, like the Bryce Harpers and the uh, like Trout and Trout and, and Otani. I wish that they would treat their fans, sign their names like Brooks did, you know, beautiful autograph and, and really spend their time talking to them. And you could always talk. You, you're always able to talk to Brooks, you know, about, you know, he'd always ask about your family, ask how you're doing. He, he was just like like your father or your next door neighbor or your grandfather kind of guy because he was just just like I said before just one hell of a quality man um you know I shed a few tears when I heard he passed because you you're never gonna meet a, another guy like him again yeah and it's that, it's really it's it's really tough when someone that you you idolize and I remember Brooks as a player in the in the uh, early 70s and, and uh, into through the mid seventies, you know, I remember probably from like 71 on, and I'm sure you remember him even earlier than that. And he, you know, he was always one of the guys that you always looked up to, you know, as a player. Oh yeah. And it's hard. It's hard when you, when you lose somebody of that ilk. True. You know, I, I'm a Yankee, a li lifelong Yankee fan, as I'm sure everybody knows. And I had full respect for Brooks Robinson. You know, I always thought Greg Nettles and Cleet Boyer were great third basemen. But if you ask me who my number one third baseman I ever watched play uh, when I, growing up and even to this day, it's still Brooks Robinson. I don't think there's anybody that can come close to it. And I think it, it took the World Series against the Cincinnati Reds for the Red, for Bench and all those players to really see what a great player he was and how good he was. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll certainly miss. We'll give it an RIP to Brooks Robinson. Hey, I know you've been doing some TTMing lately, and you got some uh, successes. Why don't you share some successes with us? Well, I got my girlfriend back that, on a picture that I've had on my desk forever. Her Thanks. and I, you know, I I, I uh, did work one day, and I met uh, Jacqueline Smith at, um, what was it, uh, Kmart? Kmart, I think it was. And uh, she was there promoting a clothing line. And I had her sign uh, sign a picture, and and I told her I said, you know, it's kind of funny when I uh, used to bowl in a co-ed league with a good friend of mine, and unfortunately he passed away last year, my friend Ira, and we were in a co-ed league, and I always bowled really good in this one particular lane, and he asked me why do you bowl so good in that lane? I said, well, it was a picture of Jacqueline Smith in bed with a blanket over, her looking at you, and I said to my friend Ira, may he rest in peace, I said, Ira. I can't bowl badly, you know, Jacqueline's watching me, you know, she's in bed. <laughs> so, so I, I told her the story. She gave me a big hug and a kiss when I met her. And she just sent me back these pictures that, you know, it's, she's not a very valuable autograph, but in my, in my eyes, one of the most beautiful women I've ever met, ever seen on TV, but another quality woman and a quality person as far as collectors go. And I also got back John Travolta. He even included an extra picture. I think it took, it must have taken a year or two years. I don't even remember wow. when I are those then, secretarial less or you we don't know. You think he signed I, I, I think they're good because I got two different ones that are both signed in silver and they look different. I compare them. Um then I also got Tim Barra. 
You have to. I, we know. We know he's Yogi's son. But explain Tim Barrett. His, he, play, his he played. He played for the Wash. He played for the Baltimore Colts. Okay. And what would what did he play? I think he's a wide receiver. Did he get much action? I just don't remember. I don't recall. When did he play in the seventies? In the seventies or eighties. So okay. I got that sign, and then one. Well, every day I used to wait for the Jets at Shea Stadium. They used to practice there during the week. And there's this this cornerback. They used to always drive Joe around. Whenever I see uh, Steve's car, I knew that Joe hadn't left. Steve had this old Mitsubishi uh, four door. So I had Steve Tannen sign a couple of cards that I that I dug up, and it was nice. He, I got him back. He what did he play? I don't know him. He was a Jet cornerback. Cornerback, okay, and he he played uh, in the. Did he play on the Super Bowl team? No, he did not. He played in seven. He came up with the Jets in seventy two. Okay, so he was in the kind of mid mid to late seventies guy, and uh, he was kind of one of Joe's buddies. Early seventies. He, he, he was a great player. Yeah, just a, a li- kind of a little before my time in terms of specific Jets, you know. Well, let's just say I, I'm been I'm quite a bit before your time period. You are, and and you know what? I'm remiss to to not ha- uh, mention it was Les's birthday last week, and he is now seventy years old. So happy birthday, Les! Uh, Thank you. Thank we'll, you. Thank we'll you very much. <laughs> moving forward, it's very cool. Hey, you want to do some appraisals? Sure, we'll take a look. Okay, so can you see my screen? Yes, I can. All right. So the first one is we uh, we got from Chris Belich. Chris is a great listener of ours. Uh, he had a has a ticket stub from Derek Jeter's last home game signed by Jeter. It is uh, got a PSA authentication to it. And let me see if we can scroll down here a little to the pictures. It is they are it's encapsulated. And there it is, signed in a nice gold Sharpie, right? Yeah, it came out really nice. Full authentication, auto got a nine. Um, it's 2021 New York Yankees um, ticket stub from September 25th, 2014 with uh, Jeter's picture right on it. It's nice and gold. Um, what do you think? I would say realistic estimate, 1000 to 1500 Really? That much? I think you might find someone that may may want it a little more or a little less, and I mean, it could go under. I mean, you don't see see too many uh, comp sales on that ticket. What you do see a lot more of, and it's more desirable, is Jeter's three thousand hit ticket. Yep. And what does that go for? I would say two to three thousand signed. Yep. So fifteen. So fifteen hundred dollars is a pretty is a bargain. What is what is what does a Jeter like signed baseball go for? Um, it, it all depends on what kind of ball and what he's written. I would say an average price four to five hundred. Four to five hundred. So the tick. I mean, it's a nice encapsulated display item, right? You can. It, I think they did a good job of it, and it's oh, it PSA nice. does a phenomenal job on those uh, on the encapsulations. Yep. So it's cool. So what do we fifteen hundred? Chris, good job. That's a thousand nice hundred dollars. I would say, you know. I mean, in a slow in a slow market, five to seven hundred, but in a good market, I would say that that's probably right about the right number. Very cool. Well, I would hold on to that, Chris. That's that's a nice piece. All right, we got from Bill uh, Hey Halig, 
who is one of our listeners, he sent in a signed copy of Bill Vec's 1962 autobiography biography becca is a wreck and uh he's wondering if it, the new netflix series about his family would increase its value so it's a signed book by bill veck uh, signed in the i don't know at the at the beginning page right there right what what do we well, call what do we call that less the like not the title page just the fly page but if you if you realize you first off i don't know if the book's a first edition i'm assuming it is he is missing the dust jacket yeah uh, those those books on Beck are pretty common. Um, I would say 50 to 150 in that area. Yeah, I mean, you don't uh, see it taking a, an increase in value like Jordan did with, with uh, his documentary or the the Lakers with, with their documentary, right? Beck was very a very colorful owner, but he, he isn't, um, you know, he, he isn't in demand. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. So fifty to one hundred dollars. Yeah, maybe you get a little more if you get lucky, but he does not sell for much, unfortunately. All right, we got we have um a signed photo and some pictures from Justin Morris. Justin has a signed Yogi Berra nineteen fifty nine advertisement, which is eleven by fourteen. He also has um some nineteen sixty one unsigned Manny baseball playland photos and. That's right up your alley, uh, last right, Manny Playland. That's that was right. Wasn't that at Yankee Stadium? It was across the street from Yankee. Yeah. So he's got uh, Mantle, Maze, and Aaron. They're not in mint condition. They've they have uh, small creases in the left, top left hand corner and some dents. But you know it's nice for their age. So what do you think for, for the first for the Barra advertisement? The Barra, I would you know it looks like it got cut out of a book or something. I would say probably 100, 150. The other pictures, because they're not in mint condition, twenty-five to fifty bucks. Yeah, even though this, they're not signed, they're still they still have yeah, some type of value. Fifty dollars, I would say. Yeah, um, I mean the mantle. Like, the mantle's nice. What is that? When is that from? Les, do you know when that's from? It looks. It looks like an early on picture. It might even be in early fifties. I would guesstimate. Yeah, and then the headshot of uh, Aaron. Uh, Aaron is definitely. From 50s what i would do is i would go over to psa send it over to henry Yi, and see if if he thinks they're first generation you know he'll, he'll also tell you further what they're that what they're worth yeah in the and um, willie mays is, is uh holding a bat and with the san francisco giant uh photo there i mean they're, they're nice photos and um do you remember those Beautiful. being sold at manny's playland Manny's used to sell so many pictures. I used to go over there buying pictures all the time and trying to get them signed. Um, I do remember, I don't remember those in the fifties. I wasn't going there to Manny's in the fifties. I was going more like in the, in the seventies. Yep. These early seventies. Well, it's kind of like the, the, um, the, the store that was across the street from Fenway, right? The kind of, that was kind of like that. Manny's was kind of like that for Yankee fans. Yeah. And then, uh, Stan's, Took it all. Took over. I think it was Stan Martucci. Took over the store, and uh, I think they sold it eventually. I mean, it, that property, those stores must go for millions of dollars. I mean, they do. They, you know, I'm always walking by, checking out the new, new apparel they have in there. Yeah, some memorabilia. It, it's and that bar on the corner is always hopping. Good stuff. All right. Lastly, we've got um two things from J D. Uh, Rieger. 
he has a um, two photos. There's a, a Mickey Mantle 8x10 and a uh, Dirk Nowitzki card on the mantle. He got it uh, as a kid at a card show in Memphis. He said, what is the value? How much, if any, does the number nine, seven inscription add? And three, is there a difference in value between a Hall of Fame induction 8x10 versus a standard 8x10 photo? So let's go down to the photo. Um, well, I sold one for like two, two fifty, two seventy five. One exactly I, one of these photos. Yeah, but without the num that was sign number seven, right? Okay. Give it boost it up another fifty bucks. Uh th those are very desirable. They're beautiful. Um I would say in the three to four hundred dollar range, but you need to get it authenticated in order to get anywhere near that. Got it. So what we're looking at, guys, is a uh, Mickey Mantle induction day, August 17th, 1974, Cooperstown, New York, with all the stats, Mickey Charles Mantle with the MLB logo. And it's just a nice color picture kind of taking up. Yeah, taking up half the page. And he signed it, Mickey Mantle with the number seven. And, and you don't have any doubt on the the uh, the the signature. I think it's good. But like I said before, anybody when in doubt. Go to Jimmy Spence, JSA. <laughs> he is the man. All right. He's lastly, the man that started the authentication and he's perfected it to a, to a science. Lastly, we have a uh, signed Dirk Nowitzki card. Um, he bought it uh, for less than $10 10 years ago. Um, he was just wondering if, uh, A, if the signature is good and um, the worth to it. It's a, what is it? It's an upper deck card i'm not quite sure what what year it is um you know it shows newiski driving to the hoop uh with um a couple phoenix suns guarding him and it's signed in blue sharpie um it's kind of a dark card so it's the, the the signature is not the best right yeah i mean it is it looks like to, it looks to me to be good but like i said before when in doubt go to jimmy spence you know any you want to increase the value of your collection you got to go to jsa what do you um, think? What do you think they're worth on that? Maybe fifty bucks, maybe seventy-five dollars. That much, okay. Because yeah. Dirk was a pretty big signer, right? During yeah, yeah, he answers man. I think he still does. Also, I think, I think so too. Five, if you send him five or ten bucks, he'll still do it. Yeah, I think while he was playing, he was a pretty good signer. I'm not quite sure if he's still signing but speaking you know what well while i have you on the phone here um there was a big trade in the nba yesterday with the milwaukee bucks the phoenix suns and the portland trailblazers basically damian lillard went to uh milwaukee do you think that's that that that's good for the, the nba or, or, or are we handing the title right over to, to milwaukee i don't think i handed the title over to them it strengthens them but what's it going to be interesting with that trade is where's Drew Holiday going to end up? Yeah, he's uh, good, isn't he? He's great. I mean, my Knicks may go after him, the Sixers, the Celtics. He's just he's he's an old defensive player. He had a great year. I think he averaged the most he's ever averaged in a game. He's just a great player. Damian Lillard is like he's 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 in another he's an out of world body shooter. He's yeah, just, yeah. I mean, offensively, but um, I would think that if the Celtics got him, that he they would uh, fill in that Marcus Smart void that they've traded away. Drew Holiday, I'm talking about. I think I think wherever Holiday goes, you got to worry about that team winning. 
He's a winning player. If you've ever seen any, any interviews with him and his wife and all that he's gone through, quality, quality guy. I've never had the pleasure of meeting him, but he just seems like a really down-to-earth, really good guy. All right. Well, guys, guys, all my listeners, thank you for sending in your stuff. Uh, it was fun to look at him and, and get Les's opinion on him. We will do another one next month. So if you have anything that you'd like to get Les's opinion on uh, in terms of value and in terms of authenticity, authentic, see, authenticity, authenticity, I'll get it right. <laughs> of the autograph, please send it in. You can send it into us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Put Les's, uh, Les Wolf's name in the uh, subject line. Remember, Les Wolf is uh, Les Wolf Sports LLC. You can go to his store. He has all sorts of stuff. If you're looking for something for uh, a gift for a sports fan, autograph stuff, he has just about anything you want. So if you don't see it on his website, send him an email, right, Les? He, I'm sure he's Absolutely. got it. <laughs> I'm sure he's got it in his uh uh, collection someplace also less also purchases collections so if you're looking to uh per, you know unload your collection less is please consider less because he will uh go just about anywhere to purchase a collection right less yep you know if i don't travel then you just send me pictures and i'll send you a check you send it to me it's that easy less also has an ebay store so he has all sorts of Cool S-P-O-R-T-Z-A-U-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Z. There you go. So, Les, why don't you give your email address and your phone number if anyone wants to reach out to you? I got to tell you, nowadays people don't use the phone. <laughs> <laughs> they only use the phone. They use the phone to, to send texts. Um, 516-933-7787. Email is L-W-O-L, F like in Frank, F like in Frank. 1823 at AOL. Guys, you can go to Les Wolf Sports LLC. All his contact information is right there. Les Wolf Sports LLC.com. And he has all sorts of cool stuff. And have you picked up any uh, new collections in the last week or so? Well, I did a, I did my largest lecture for a men's club for a development out in Long Island. We had 70 people there and 70 wow. people Zoom. I'm going to look at some stuff today. I'll probably be buying a nice Jackie Robinson three by five from one of the uh, men I met there that he get, he gave Robinson a back in those days, they had two cent postcards. So he'd give all the players the two cent postcards. So whenever you get a chance, just sign the front and just drop it in a mailbox. And that's what they did back in the day. So I have one of those coming in. Um, what is, what's that worth less ballpark? I, I got to take a further examination at minimum a thousand, you know, a couple of thousand maybe. It all it all depends on the condition and how bold the autograph is. And then I got it like I like I said before, I also got to get it authenticated. And is, that's is Jackie a top ten uh, autograph that pe people want? Yes, yes I would think is. so too. Yeah, he's he's certainly moved up the ranks. And what what are some of the things that you saw at the, at your um your talk? at your presentation that people brought for you to look at. I saw some Gaudi cards. I had a Ruth Gaudi, a bunch of Gaudi cards, you know, after the, you know, after, you know, when he comes back, when he gets a chance, he's them all together. I'm going to take a look at that also. And that's pretty cool. Um, what else was there? There was some signed baseballs, but they, they didn't amount to much. Um, signed team balls, signed, 
single sign balls, but no no great names. Okay. Do you have a favorite card, favorite year the that you like, a favorite tops year or uh, any other uh, manufacturer that you really enjoy? I do like tops cards. Uh, probably sixty eight mantle is one of my favorites. Did you see that a signed sixty eight mantle went for sixteen thousand dollars the other day in uh, Sotheby's auction? It's crazy. I know what it about, is. What about the guy's collection that was in Heritage? He got he almost made a million bucks on his signed mantle cards. Yep, he had he had the full run though, right? Didn't he have the yeah. full run? Yeah. Yes. But but still, that that's so cool. All right, bud. Well, I I think we we got everything. You want anything else you want to talk about before I let you go? I think we should delve into a little bit into the playoffs since the playoffs is just about here. We only have a couple more days left to the last game, and and if everybody knows, as these players like the awards, like Garrett Cole is definitely going to win the Cy Young. Uh, Acuna is going to win the MVP in the, in the NL. Is Otani uh, going to win the AL? I don't think so. I, you know, I don't think he deserves it this year. He, before he got hurt, he was he had it locked. So that's why I'm not sure if they're they're going to take it away from him. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he'll win it. Who but do you he, who do you and, like in the play? Who do you like for the American League? You know, Houston has still got a strong team. Tampa unfortunately lost all their you know lost, lost most of their better pitchers. I know, and, and the losing Franco hurts as well. The Franco Franco disaster was just, you know, who would have thought something like that was going to happen to his star player? Do you think Baltimore has enough left magic I left? Think, I think Baltimore is is got a nice. They got a really strong bullpen. They got a good core team. I like Baltimore. It's, so you like it's Baltimore, but nice. the Baltimore and the Astros, one of those two guys. Yeah, I, I like those out of the American League. How about national? Who do you like? The National League, you can't go against the Atlanta Braves. I agree. They are so good, aren't they? Yeah, but they but they're not a they're not a clutch team. I know they but you look at that lineup, just one through nine is in their pitching is so good. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't see them get losing. I really don't. And I mean Philly's good and, and the Dodgers are have a shot, obviously, but I just don't see anyone. I mean, Atlanta's tough, and they're and they're proven. You know, they're 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 battle tested. Oh yeah, and 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 also this weekend, I'm going to be at the uh, Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame. So if you guys come down, you'll see only my my top of the line boxing stuff. All right. Well, you'll have to report back next week when with some boxing Hall of Fame, and we'll, we'll have a better idea of the play. The playoffs will be started. We got uh, hockey. Uh, starting soon we'll get basketball starting soon it's a great great sports time even though uh your jets are in trouble your jets are in trouble hey <laughs> you knew something was gonna happen with four plays who knew that and i also gotta give i gotta give a shout out to uh to panini i i bought from another collector about three years ago one of those redemption cards for uh juan dominguez signed card immaculate yeah. collection and forever, I was sending emails for a couple of years, waiting to try to get get that card, and it never came. I went over to Panini booth, spoke to someone there, followed it up, and he sent me a nice Dominguez card, signed card, uh, with a little bit of jersey. You mean Jason Dominguez, right? Jason Dominguez, yes. Yeah. And then, and then he was nice enough to throw in a nice LeBron uh, refractor card. Oh, nice. So. 
it more than made up for it. And, you know, it was three years of torture of waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting. Uh, but, but Panini did the right thing. And it, it's kind of tough. Oh, another thing I actually, one of the best pickups I've ever gotten that, uh, that a friend of mine I'm selling it to is, can you see it here? I can't. What do you got? I have a check dated July 22nd, 1974. From Judy Jacqueline and John Belushi made out the cash. Oh, signed, nice. How cool is that? Sign on the front and the back. Is that your first Belushi autograph? Yeah. I won't have it for too long. My friend <laughs> wanted it. But How, uh, what is what is Belushi going for now? A couple of thousand. Yeah. That's still good. Yeah. That, that's a nice it, piece. That, that's the best part of our, you know, club. You never know. I mean, I actually made a big trade with this guy in uh you know, he, he came out really, he got my John O'Sullivan handwritten letter. And the only reason why I did that, only reason why I did that, because I knew, I, you know, I know Belushi's a pretty tough autograph. No, I think that's a good deal. That was a fair deal. Both sides, both sides win on that one. Eh, well, my, my Sullivan is the, is the more valuable. See, so he threw in something else. Uh, so we're still working on it. But uh, getting back to the playoffs, I think, I think, through these playoffs, some players are going to come out ahead. You know, there could be one or two guys that all of a sudden are going to have a breakout playoffs, and that's going to make – that's going to watch that – going to increase their card value and their autograph value. I mean, yeah. It happens, year. it happens every year. It really does. It's it's fun. I love the playoffs. All right, bud. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate your expertise and your know-how on, on the appraisals. We, I really love doing that with you. It's great catching up with you on all the – you've been a, you've had a busy week, my friend. Yeah, and I leave tomorrow morning for Atlantic City, so it has been busy. All right, have a good time. Stay away from the tables, all right? I I'm, I, I don't like to lose, so I don't go on the tables. All right, all right. We will talk to you next week, all right? Sounds good. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, Drew, you know what? I send Les the stuff probably like, I don't know, 24 hours before, and he does he he, he does his research. He he, wor he works really hard on this, and um, Les knows. He, like, knows the market. He understands the market, and uh, it's really neat to get um, a feedback. I know you had sent in a, an autograph, Baltimore Royals baseball, that, that, you know, you don't you don't see those every day, and it was from, what, 1963, right? Yeah, 63. And uh, so he, and Les gave the appraisal on that. And he does he does this for free. He does he did not get anything from it. So, um, well, we do it every month. So if you have something that you'd like Les to do an appraisal for and you miss this one, don't worry. We'll we'll try to do it again in, in October. All right, guys. Um, so that cr closes out more from Les. Next up, we're gonna do a little collector's corner. And now it's time for collector's corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. This segment is sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning pricing, tracking, and cataloging your cards. Upgrade to Collects Pro to access exclusive features like exporting collections to spreadsheet, printing checklists, and Collects AI. So Drew, I, um, I follow this gentleman on Twitter. His name is Tim Gallagher, and he he has, like, if, I, if anyone that passes away that we mentioned in uh, in Vern Rat Minute, he, he has, like, that day... He pulls out an autograph. He pulls out a letter. He pulls out a signed card. He has. Wow. He had. I'm amazed at his basketball collection. I just love following following him. He's very interesting. He uh, as a works as a consigner 
for Robert Edwards auction. And he is a basketball historian and a collector. And he was just really uh, interesting to talk to, you know, he's been doing it forever. And he's one of those guys, you know, I put him in the, in the Kevin Keating and Les Wolf uh, league in terms of how long they've been doing it and their expertise. So please enjoy my interview with uh, Tim Gallagher. All right, guys, it's time for collector's corner. We have a very special collector today we have a, a gentleman who has been collecting autographs for over 50 years he is consignment director at re edwards auctions he is a basketball historian and a, uh, a collector extraordinaire his name is tim gallagher welcome tim well thank you jeff i appreciate you having me on tim you know what i always i always uh, when someone asked me this question a, a while ago and i think it's always a great way to start and uh it's like a simple question but it has so many different answers why did you really start collecting? What made you, you start collecting? Well, I was a sports fan as a young kid, as, a, as I'm sure, you know, most, most of us are that are in, involved in the hobby. Um, so started following sports, what was on television then, not certainly to the scale that things are on TV now, but, you know, the occasional games that were on and then sports cards, uh, you know, started slowly, you know, gathering some of those. You know, my my friends were kind of like minded at the time. So kind of initially, you know, the sports bug got me. But really the key to all of it, I had a cousin uh, by the name of Bill Baker. Uh, no, no relation. No relation. To me, I don't think. <laughs> but, uh, um, but he was about five years older than me. Uh, I grew up in the Dayton, Ohio area, uh, a little north of Cincinnati. Um, he lived in Chicago. So this was my my dad's sister's you know family. And, you know, so two boys. And, you know, I, I was obviously, uh, you know, close with them just being cousins, but, you know, they, they were older than me as well. So they had a lot of influence on, on me and I kind of admired them. So my older cousin, Bill, um, had already kind of gotten the whole system wired in Chicago. Um, and, and he also had the benefit of, of public transportation. I, I didn't really have it at that young age. So uh, he wasn't really by having a parent drive him, you know, to the team hotel or to the ballpark. And uh, so I, I was very impressed by um, not only his, uh, you know, ability to get around uh, with, without parental uh, you know, help, but, you know, in, in terms of collecting both in person and through the mail, he really showed me the ropes of how it was done. You know, so when they'd come visit uh, Ohio, we'd go down to Cincinnati for a Reds game and, um, you know, the, the, extent of my sophistication was my dad maybe saying, Hey, why don't you run down by the dugout and, you know, get someone to sign your program. You know, if we got there early enough, right. Yep. That didn't really think about getting baseball cards signed or pictures from sport magazine or sports illustrated at the time. Um, so my cousin kind of showed up one summer with a folder of, of cards and photos and, and, and kind of opened up my eyes to the possibilities. And then he also, told me about how to mail out for autographs as well. Um, so that got me started. And then a couple of my friends at school who, you know, I was already close with um, started learning about my, my new uh, <laughs> ventures through collecting and um, quite a few actually got interested in, in pursuing it, but only for a short window of time. But two guys in particular, uh, my friends, Jack Zimmerman and Vince Martin, kind of had the same appetite uh, and uh, focus that I did. You know, a few other guys maybe mailed out a few things here and there and got something back. I know that's kind of cool. And and then, you know, moved on to other things. 
where here it is, you know, 50 some years later, <laughs> I'm still collecting, right? And it's, um, it's really cool, isn't it? Yeah. So I really owe it to my cousin, Bill. And, um, you know, I was just thinking of that the other day because his mom, who's still alive in her 90s, my aunt uh, Beverly and my mom, you know, back in the day, you know, way before computers and Internet and everything, they would write each other, you know, almost weekly, you know, just little little notes. That's how they corresponded. Right. And and again, seems crazy now, but even you know, long distance phone calls in those days were, you know, kind of a big deal. Like you, you really yep. picked your spots when you would be on the phone. Right. So with that correspondence of the two of them, you know, I, I kind of mapped out the schedule that my cousin Bill would be following, you know, who's coming in town to play the White Sox or the Cubs. So I would send some of my cards in my mom's correspondence to my aunt <laughs> <clears throat> for my cousin Bill to get signed for me. And so like carrier <laughs> pigeon, right? It's totally, totally. And, and then so when mail would come back from my aunt, from my mom, you know, not only the stuff that I'd been mailing out that, oh, maybe there's some things here for me from uh, from Bill. And, and oftentimes there were. So um, that was another dimension to the fun of, uh, of the mail. The, the landscape of yeah. autograph collecting has certainly mm -hmm. changed over the years. Um, is there is there a point where where it went from being um, just kind of a, a, a ancestral a hobby to um, a wide accept, a wide uh, accepted uh hobby and that people were making money off of it is there a time in that you saw that uh, our hobby kind of changed um i i would say in the the 80s and 90s for me um and you know there's some stories written about me and by me in terms of my you know collecting uh, pursuits um you know i write occasional columns for sports collectors daily um and uh have also um uh, been written about a few times you know kind of tied in with maybe consignments or um, just, you know, the, the longevity that I've been collecting and, and you know, word in my hometown of, of Dayton, uh, you know, has gotten out and that kind of thing. But I, I would say the, the first times I really noticed uh, things changing were in the 80s. Um, and I was living in Phoenix by that time. So I, through college, I, I lived in Ohio, moved out west okay. to Phoenix. And then in the early 80s, card shops started uh, opening up. Uh, which were amazing and, and, and really cool to see. But that's the first time it really uh, made me take note that, oh, people are, you know, monet you know monetizing this, yes. right? I mean, I'd always been in it just for the fun, you know, the pursuit of, you know, uh, of the chase and you know, acquiring certain autographs and having that interaction or connection with the, with the player, you know, never really thought about it in terms of, you know, monetizing it, or oh, someday this might be worth a lot of money. Um, so that that was part of it. Um, but um, I, I would say that was more with with cards um, and, and not so much autographs per se. Yep. In fact, there used to be a stigma, you know, that comes up even from time to time that oh, you don't want to get a a rookie card autograph. That's going to detract from the value. That's going to deface it. And uh, you know, I think that's that. You know, obviously collectors have their own, you know, preferences and, and lanes, but, but now, you know, it's often more desirable to have a rookie card signed, you know, a, a man will, a 52 that, you know, maybe signed is even more intriguing for some collectors than, you know, just a, you know, an unsigned one. But um, so I would say the autograph uh, access and the business side of autographs 
was a little more slow in terms of it becoming a business. Obviously, yeah. you know, card shows started happening and and people there to sign and guys that were very tough for me to get when I was in, in my early days of collecting, you know, Frank Robinson, you know, Hank Aaron, although some of them would, you know, they would sign on occasion, but could often be tough. And, and so, you know, I, I thought, well, you know, there's some things of them that I wish I could have gotten signed at the time and I couldn't. So now that, you know, I forget what the prices even were, you know, probably, you know, Right. pennies on a dollar right yeah re relatively you know, minimal uh, but so you know I, I ended up paying to get a few things signed although that's not really what um you know drives me right i i like the chase and the pursuit of it right and yeah um you know so the the adventure rather than just going in and buying a signed item you know i've done that on occasion to kind of fill a gap or that's really the only way you can get them um but um and then I would say access to players, you know, and I've focused more on basketball. Um, you know, I collected sure. baseball, football, and basketball, I'd say up till the mid seventies, uh, you know, kind of dabbled in, in baseball and football after the mid seventies basketball definitely has been a focus all along. I, I would say in the early to mid nineties, things started changing uh, in terms of access to players and, you know, I mean, it used to be you could wait outside the team locker room door at the arenas and maybe a security, you know, a security guard, you know, blocking the door just for security reasons. But, you know, the, the players were all very accessible and it was really just are they, you know, willing to sign or not? You know, it, it wasn't. Am I even going to be able to see them? Um so I think it, it probably tied in a little bit with with Michael Jordan becoming a rock star, oh, right? sure. you, know, it, you, yeah. know, you know, not not to you know pin it all on one person, but um, you know, kind of around the the '92 Dream Team, and you know where these guys went from, you know, from basketball stars, and you know, had a certain following to some of them becoming like rock stars, right? And Jordan obviously is you know, way off the charts, but, you know, you've got Magic and Bird and, you know, these guys became household names and, um, you know, so probably not coincidentally around the early 90s with the Dream Team and, uh, and, and you know, and then construction of new arenas and team security becoming a little more uh, alert and, you know, kind of blocking access to some of these guys, hotel security, same way. Uh, so it, it all kind of changed, I would say, in, in the 90s, at least from my point of view, in terms of just overall access. Sure. Can you share uh, a few uh, stories, some fun stories of in-person or TTM successes you've had over the years? I know uh, you've had success with Jordan in person, and I'm sure you, you've had success with Larry Bird and some of the other greats. Can you share some uh, fun successes that you've had in either in-person or TTM? Uh, sure, sure. Well, you know, we'll focus maybe a little more on, on basketball, but well, and I would say in the early days, getting items through the mail and uh, my schoolmates. So we're in grade school at this time. Right. So, you know, like let's say fifth through eighth grade, you know, we really started hitting our stride in terms of mailing out. And again, my two buddies that were the, um, you know, kind of shared my appetite. We, we would kind of help each other out. Like each well, year, how are you getting you know, how are you getting addresses? Because this was pre-internet, and and uh, were you using <laughs> Stallings book, or how are you getting the the uh, addresses? Yes, well, uh, for the pro teams, there were you know there were things like the NBA and ABA guide, mm -hmm. um, and, and in baseball, 
I think what, what were they called like the green books or red books of um, you know the National American League each had had you know those kind of things you know, kind of the equivalent to the guide. So there were some sources there, but you know I, as I've thought about this over the years, I, I really owe a lot of thanks to the U.S. Postal Service because especially <laughs> in, the, in the early days we were quite crude. You know, I think you know the first autograph I mailed out. Uh, I mailed to a guy named Paul Robinson, who was a running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was rookie of the year in the AFL. Um, and I was a Bengals fan. They had just come into existence. I, I wrote to him asking for an autographed picture. Um, and I don't think I wrote anything more than Paul Robinson, Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati, Ohio. I, I might've put Nippert stadium or something like wow. that, which is, you know, you know, so, you know, and I think these are the days when even area, excuse me, area zip codes were first starting to become, uh, you know, required or, or, or even created, right? So uh, I, I think I was lucky in terms of things somehow got delivered with a, a pretty crude or minimal <laughs> address. Uh, and then I remember discovering something, I think it was in a uh, uh, encyclopedia that had college addresses or zip codes. So when we'd write to college players, you know, we, you know, we had found that, but, but it was quite crude, uh, I, I would say. And again, a big thanks to uh, some postal workers who somehow, you know, figured out our intent <laughs> and, and, and got things there. That's funny. Um, but, um, but we, my, my two friends, you know, would help each other out as well. Like I said, around this time of year, college basketball is not that far away. The magazines would start coming out. We'd look at the top, you know, hundred prospects for college basketball. We'd divide it in thirds. We'd each mail out to them, send three index cards. So if somebody responded, I kept one, gave one to Jack, gave one to Vince, and they did the same. Now, and that worked quite effectively for most players. Now, if somebody personalized or, you know, only sign one or, you know, whatever, it kind of put a wrinkle on our plans. But at least we knew, well, that that person does answer. So now I'll just write to him myself. But for many, many players, you know, we were able to knock out, you know, quite a bit of coverage and help each other out. You know, so we'd show up at school the next morning. Well, actually, we'd already have known because when we get home, we'd see what mail was there. We'd call each other on the phone. Oh, I got Joe Torrey back. Oh, I, I, I heard back from Johnny Unitas. I, you know, so we, we would already have known. But then the next day we would kind of share the, the wealth uh, with each other once we got in, in school the next morning. So kind of a good motivator to get up and go to school more than, is, more than the that, classroom, more than what we were learning from our teachers. But um, uh, so those were a lot of fun in terms of just, you know, widespread uh, coverage and success uh, hearing back from players. And of course, some of those guys never, never ended up making it uh, or, you know, played in college, but never made the NBA or ABA. Other guys, you know, we became pen pals with. And there's even stories around that, you know, with Vince, it was uh, Campy Russell from Michigan for Jack. It was Kermit Washington from American university. I had a couple of players, a guy, Jerry Helmers that played for Xavier, um, a guy uh, named Steve Smith that played for Loyola of Los Angeles, which is now LMU. Um, so, you know, we ended up becoming pen pals and they, you know, were kind of motivators and took an interest in our lives right it was it was kind of crazy <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't know how much that would happen today I think certain players probably picked up on our interest and enthusiasm and um 
there's a great story in, in, in one of the, the Dayton papers. They did a recap on it. But around the time had written a Campy Russell, who ended up playing in the NBA a long time with, with uh, you know, he's an All-American at Michigan, played it uh, for the Cavs and a few other uh, years uh, with the Knicks. But about the time Vince had written to him and became pen pals with him, they were coming in to play Dayton, like, you know, within a few weeks. Yep. And so we ended up, you know, kind of setting up through old school, you know, U.S. mail. And he told us what hotel the team was going to be staying. And um, so we ended up uh, meeting up with them after the game, which we would have been waiting around getting autographs anyway, but we kind of had even, a, a you know, an insider connection and uh, and there's a fun story about it where the Michigan team bus actually broke down out in the parking lot, you know, in the, the arena parking lot, had, you know, was basically deserted. You know, this is, you know, an hour after the game. Thankfully, my dad was patient and, you know, let, let us uh, indulge, you know, hanging out <laughs> with the players and talking to them. Well, it, it turned out because the team bus had broken down, they were looking to, to get the players back to the hotel somehow. And um and so where they were staying, we already knew that from our correspondence with Campy was kind of on the way home. And so we, we had Campy Russell and one of his teammates named Ken Brady, who played overseas for many years. I saw he just passed away, actually, within the last year or so. But they piled in the back of my dad's uh, Oldsmobile, or we did. They, you know, one of them, Campy sat up front and, you know, again, the, the car was like a boat, you know, the big old Oldsmobiles oh, back sure. in the day. You know, I mean, there were probably eight or nine of us piled in there, you know, like, like you'd see one of those Guinness Book of World Records things. Although we, you know, we just all piled in and, you know, my buddies and I, and then we had those two players and took them back to the hotel. So, so some of those early correspondence uh, and, and responses turned into much more than just the autograph. And, you know, I've got some certain, I've got some letters some of the first fan mail these guys had ever received, you know, like the, like there's a guy named Phil Smith who played at the university of San Francisco played on the Warriors 75 championship team, you know, long NBA career. You know, I've got a note from him saying it was the first fan letter he'd ever gotten, you know, oh, that's and neat. That, that's one of my cherished uh, uh, things that, and again, Phil since has passed away, but um, you know, I've lived in San Diego now since the late eighties and Phil lived here as well, uh, after he retired. And so I, I would see him around on occasion and, uh, you know, I made a copy of the letter and showed it to him and, you know, it just kind of blew his mind. He was kind of a quiet, real understated guy anyway. And I think I sort of blew his mind, right? Like, I, like you're kidding. You're that kid. And, <laughs> but, you know, I have early letters from Bill Walton, David Thompson, you know, players like that, that, you know, it's, you know, some early correspondence and just kind of the innocence of, of them writing back, you know, not only signing what I had, but, you know, inviting me to follow their careers and things like that. Charles Barkley, I've got a really interesting letter. He wrote me early on at Auburn. Um, so things like that are, are a lot of fun, especially when these players go on to, to greatness. Um, and, you know, you've had that early connection with them. Did so, you prefer getting cards signed or uh, index cards signed or pictures signed or magazines? Did you have any preference in terms of what you what you got signed? Well, back in those days, um, index cards were easy because they were inexpensive and it was kind of low risk, right? If you sent yeah. them out and they, you know, and you never saw them again, it didn't matter. Where with a sports card, a um, little different now that you can 
go online and replace a card in, in minutes, <laughs> uh, you know, it, or in those days. And so that may be the only, you know, 1970 tops, you know, Jerry West card I'll, I'll ever have. Right. Or right again. Right. Um, so there was a little concern and risk about mailing you know, sports cards out. Same thing with magazine pictures that were, you know, primarily from Sports Illustrated. Sport Magazine was great back in those days. They had full-page color pictures that were almost like works of art, um, you know, especially in the 1950s and 1960s issues. And, you know, I would kind of, uh, you know, connect with uh, my dad's friends that were sports fans. Hey, do you have any of your old magazines? And, you know, it wasn't so much like yard sales and flea markets like there are now, but, you know, I, I would kind of network and see who, who maybe had old magazines or old cards, you know, guys in my neighborhood that maybe had kind of outgrown collecting and had moved on to cars and, you know, going out on dates and things like that. Hey, do you still have your baseball cards from when, <laughs> when you were a kid? And, um, you know, and so I, I picked up some collections that way as well. And, you know, some, you know, cards that were before, before my time, so to speak. So that sure. was kind of cool. So, uh, but I would say, you know, if I can get a sports card or a, a, like a magazine photo, you know, that would be the preference. But, you know, there was, you know, there, there wasn't a supply of, of that for everyone. And, and right, a college basketball player, for example, there really wasn't anything or maybe a picture in a magazine. But um, again, you know, the risk of, of sending it and maybe not seeing it again, um, you know, were, were a little a little tougher. So, sure. yeah, but my, the, the core of my collection would be sports cards, photos, which could be anything from magazine photos to eight by tens. Uh, and, and then index cards is kind of a good all purpose, easy thing to get. And uh, um, so so that would be kind of the, the basis of it. But yeah, so through the mail that, you know, that was always fun to, you know, when it would go beyond just the, um, you know, getting the item signed, it was always cool. And you've probably seen in some of my postings, sometimes the players would write their return address or, you know, their, their, their dorm or write some little motivational message on the envelope or, you know, that wasn't, you know, as common, but sometimes that would happen. And so anything that was a, a little extra was always a, a treat and kind of made you feel special as a collector that the guy took some extra time to, uh, to add, add that to the response. Well, I know you sold off some of your collection recently. Was it difficult to sell off your collection? Uh, how did how did you emotionally detach from it so that you could you could sell some of your your prized pieces? Yeah, you know, and in the job I'm in now as a consignment director, I have that discussion with people a lot, right? Because um, you know, some people that you know they just kind of know that it's time, or they they've enjoyed it for all this time, and you know the next generation, right. Or, you know, they don't have a, 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 an easy path for it, or they are kind of intrigued by some of the, the dollar figures that you hear about sometimes for selling some of these things. So um, for me personally, it, it was, um, I don't know. I, I just kind of came to a point where, you know, it, I, I felt like it was time for some of it to, you know, it was just sort of a little intuition or uh, it, it just sort of evolved that way. Now, now that said, I still have, you know, quite a large collection, but I just felt like it was to maybe move some of these things on. And then there was some, uh, you know, some motivation as well, just from monetizing it, you know, you know, kid in college and, you know, other expenses and things that come up and, 
um, and, and some of the numbers for a few of the things that I collected innocently and without thought of future value when I got them, yep. you know, it, you know, it, it, it was kind of some numbers that were hard to, hard to pass up or put, you know, I obviously didn't know for certain how they would perform, but you know, there was a, an indication that, you know, these could do fairly well. And, um, oh, and, and thankfully they, they did well and that generated some publicity and it kind of took me from, you know, having a quote unquote real job, you know, for, uh, for many years in the corporate world to having a job in the hobby as well. So not only was I able to monetize some of my collection, but somehow was able to parlay that into a job in the industry, in the hobby. So, um, so things that I kind of think about and am interested in anyway, now is, you know, I was able to kind of align my occupation with what I'm really passionate about. Um, so it's kind of fun every day to talk to collectors that, different stages of their journey uh, about cards and memorabilia and autographs. And sometimes it's the collector themselves. Sometimes it's a family that's inherited it. Some, sometimes it's someone that kind of stumbled across something and aren't quite sure what they're really dealing with. They're not a sports, but you know, they've seen and heard about these Mickey Mantle cards or whatever it is, right. That, that kind of drives them to pick up the phone and call us. What's some of the uh, neat, neat items that have come across your desk uh, as you've been working for uh, Robert Edwards Auction? Oh, wow. Gosh, it's, it's such a wide range. You know, the, the one thing for sure uh, in general is just, uh, I, I, I think the width and depth of the hobby, right? And, and, yep. and you know, obscure sets and things that I, you know, I had a pretty good knowledge base of, of things. And, you know, I'll see things about, you know, of, of test sets or things that came out when I would have been in my collecting heyday as a kid that well, I never, I've never seen this before. How come they didn't have this on the shelves of the drugstore where I bought my cards, right? What, yeah. what is this? You know, how come I uh, missed out on this? Right. So a lot of things like that are, are interesting. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, and some of it's, to, you know, the rediscovery. I'd say the more interesting ones are, um, and the more fun ones are somebody that's maybe inherited a collection and aren't quite sure what it is. And it what turns have, out yeah. to be quite, you know, quite significant, right? It's 52 tops or it's, you know, cards from, you know, the, you know, Gaudi cards from the thirties or, or something that, well, I, I see the, you know, he had these cards and they were in this shoe box upstairs and, you know, those kind of stories still happen. And, uh, and those are kind of fun to see. So, um, so I, I would say, you know, again, speaking more just in generalities, you know, rather than maybe one or two specific consignments, but, um, you know, and then a lot of it, the challenge is finding out what, you know, it's all kind of interesting and cool, but you know, what's really going to be valuable. Sure. <laughs> right. I mean, valuable at, at an auction level, right. It all has some value, but some of it is maybe, you know, sell it on eBay and see what happens where we're obviously looking for higher end things where people are going to have to go to the trouble of registering and getting in a competitive situation to maybe win the item. Right. So yep. it's got to check, you know, quite a few boxes to, to make it at that level. And, um, so, so, but, but every call is, is fun and, and to explore it and, um, and everyone's just a little bit different from sophisticated collectors who, who know the market really well to, you know, somebody right, that's, 
that's inherited something or found something in a flea market and not really a sports person, but saw we sold something like it once upon a time. And what, you know, what is this? So it, it's a, it's a fascinating job. Very cool. We're speaking with Tim Gallagher. Tim is consignment director at Robert Edward Auctions. He is a basketball historian. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim Gall. That's G-A-L-L 13, the number 13. He uh, posts his, uh, what, what do we call them? Treasures? The daily treasures or uh, today? Yeah. Today's treasures. Yeah, today's so, treasures, which I love. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you a quick story of how that originated. So uh, in the spring of 2020, when the pandemic, you know, was kind of gaining momentum yep. um, and sports was basically unplugged. Um, there's a couple friends uh, that I text with, you know, just, kind of a little chat group almost when we're watching a game or something happens in the sports world. And um, one of them had mentioned some, some player or coach. And uh, I, I thought of something in my collection relating to that player that uh, I thought it would be fun to share with them. And, and so I did. And uh, one of them said, Hey, since we're basically cut off from sports for the foreseeable future, why don't you put, you know, post something from your collection every day? for us to enjoy, right. To kind of, you know, fill the gap until sports, you know, in the world kind of resumes again. And uh, so that was really the the spark that, that got it going. And, um, you know, and I kind of have fun with it and, it, you know, kind of gives, gives me something to do every day and to pull out something a little uh, uh, offbeat from my collection. You know, it could be a superstar player like Will Chamberlain, or it could be some obscure player that, uh, ne- never, you know, became a star, but, you know, uh, wrote a, a unique note or had a strange nickname or, you know, as you mentioned, uh, you know, some players that as they pass away, you know, many of them I was able to get uh, to sign yeah, for me. During Tim, it, ama- it amazes me. I have a segment called Ver- the Vern Rap Minute and we run down everyone who passed away that week in the world of sports. And you always post a, a card or an autograph from somebody that had passed away in the world of basketball. And that's what amazed me about your posts. You find these guys that some guys that I just never even heard of from the, you know, the ABA days and, and you, you, you have a letter from them or a card autographed by them or something. It's amazing how deep your collection is. Yeah. Well, I definitely was on a bit of a mission to, you know, to try to get almost everyone who played, you know, in the history of the NBA and ABA. I mean, obviously, as the years go on, there's, a, 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 you know, a, a much bigger number to try to get to. But, you know, certainly I'd say from the pioneer days up through, you know, the 80s, for sure, I was, you know, very determined to try to get at least everyone on on something. You know, obviously, that's not a, you know, achievable task is because, you know, for some some players, that there's just not much of them out there. But, uh so yeah, I, um, it's a pretty wide and deep collection for sure. <laughs> were you were you a set collector? Were you trying to get autograph sets, top sets uh, back in the day, or you just kind of it just ca- happened that you you went after people that you liked or people that played college ball or in, did you have a, a direction of, of what you were doing? It was just kind of a passion for the 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 basketball as, as a whole. Yeah, I would say what was available, <laughs> right? Okay. So. Um, you know, in the eighties, I was living in Phoenix and had a lot of access to the NBA. Well, uh, tops got out of the business of making basketball cards. So star company came along and that that's, that's all there was. Um, you know, again, no, you know, future 
thought of, you know, how uh, unique or rare, or oh, this is, you know, Jordan's true rookie card. No, none of that even crossed my mind, right? It was what was available. And, uh, and the, these were the basketball cards available. The NBA teams are all passing through Phoenix. They're all pretty accessible, you know, at the arena and at the hotel, uh, you know, hotel lobby or by the bus. So, uh, you know, what is there to get signed by these guys? And that, that was it. So now as I started accumulating some, you know, I was starting to get sort of close on some of the, like the late, late seventies tops basketball sets, right. Where, you know, and I, I got, you know, I got close. I considered, Oh, maybe I should try to get the complete set signed, but it, it, that really wasn't a big motivator for me to, to get you know, a complete, it would have been nice to accomplish it, but there were a few that I knew would just be too hard, right. For certain years of the late seventies. Yeah. Well, yeah, I need the cream and I need Moses Malone and I need the Julius Irving. And, um, you know, you could probably find a way to get them, um, some, some way, somehow, but there were other things I'd rather have signed of them. And, and so, you know, getting them to, to complete a certain set wasn't a big driver for okay. me. I, I appreciate that that is something that a lot of collectors want to do. And I, I've helped uh, a number of them get there from some of my collection, you know, as I've kind of sold off some things here and there and through the network of, of collectors that I've gotten to know uh, through my postings and through the hobby and through, through my job at REA. Um, you know, I've gotten to know some people that are, uh, that are very, uh, um, sophisticated collectors trying to build out sign sets and things like that. So it's kind of fun to be able to help them get there uh, with that too. So I know they're going to a good place or it's going to, you know, kind of uh, achieve a certain goal for another collector. And so, you know, we're, we're usually able to work something out if, uh, uh, if that's the case. Do you do uh, any TTMing now? Or... I, I do. I, I do. I mean, not, a, not a lot, you know, I kind of focus on um, where I think I can be successful <laughs> and uh, well, give so, us a few yeah. tips. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I kind of follow some of the, you know, sportscollectors.net, you know, address yeah. lists and, and see, I mean, and it's kind of fun also to uh, do my own uh, detective work through the internet and try to find players. And there's, you know, there's some obscure former NBA players that probably a lot of listeners don't even know of that I'm, you know, I'm still trying to track down, right. Some loose, loose ends and, there's a guy named Frankie Sanders who he actually played for the Celtics a little yep. bit, but he, he's from my hometown of Dayton. I even played, you know, some playground ball against him back in the day, you know, and just never got him to sign, you know, and, and he's around, but he's, he, you know, he's kind of distanced himself from his playing days and, you know, kind of has moved on. And so, uh, you know, that, that's a guy I'm trying to find. There was a guy, Terry Crosby that played a little bit for the Kansas city Kings that, uh, you know, that I'm trying to track down. He is a spokesperson for some auto dealership group in Toledo. So, you know, th these are not things that are going to be high value or anything, yeah. but just some, you know, just some, uh, uh, some projects that kind of keep me going and, you know, and more of a, of a connection to these guys who are just wanting to add them. But um, it's the final yeah, case, right? I still mail out. I just, I just mailed out some, uh, some college basketball, um, the challenge now with college bat, even with colleges, sometimes that'll come back where they're blocking, you know, whoever the compliance department is, you know, or blocking 
the athletes from from getting mail. Now, now maybe with NIL now things are, are different, or maybe well they'll sign, but now you have to pay a fee. Um, I mean, some still get through and still come back, but you know it, it's a little um, kind of a de- dejecting when you get something back that you get a form letter where well, our compliance department you know does not allow our athletes to sign. It's like really, I mean these you know it seems a little bit overdone <laughs> to I, me, I right? Agree. I mean, yeah, I just saw you know, Arch Manning, I think is going to earn uh, $3 million from his, from his NIL, NIL thing, which is unbelievable. Yeah. He's going to earn more, more than uh, Joe Burrow earned in his first contract. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, good for them that they can, you know, have that opportunity. It's uh um but yeah, I, I think for the you know the everyday collectors and you know that are you know a little more you know innocently pursuing it, it you know it, it's not it doesn't bode well for us. Yeah, no, I <laughs> right, I, I, you I, know, and 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 I'm sure that there's you know people that are mailing to some of these players and sending you know ten copies of the same picture, ten copies of the same card, and you know that. Now, again, my buddies and I, yes, did we send, ask the guy to sign three index cards? We did. But, you know, each one had a path. You know, it wasn't. And, you know, again, there wasn't any monetization of it or any thought of it back then. Um, but, you know, that that's, again, discouraging for, you know, kind of a more purist collector where, you know, there are some others that are maybe taking advantage of the situation or, or kind of wearing a guy down. I mean, I've seen that over the years, of course, in person as well as through the mail. And um, yeah, you know, that, that part of the hobby is, uh, you know, a little disheartening for me. Yeah. I mean, as it gets bigger, right. And more money comes involved. It it just, it's natural, I guess, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Although I think when you really step back, I mean, how many athletes, you know, really command, you know, that kind of value for their signature, right? right. I mean, no, disres- no disrespect to any of these players. And, and if some of them do want a small fee, you know, I get it. You know, when they, during their playing days, they maybe didn't make the big money. They're, you know, there's a demand for their autograph on certain items or certain cards. I, I understand that. Um, but, um, you know, where the fee is more, you know, geared toward, okay, you're an everyday collectors for your personal collection. This fee is reasonable. It all kind of checks out where some others or it's, you know, the fee they're asking is seems a, a bit lofty <laughs> based on their stature or, right. you know, or what's really going on here. Right. And, and again, maybe it's some less scrupulous collectors that are kind of wearing these guys down and, and maybe causing it. But, uh, but yeah, as you know, and your audience knows, there's still a lot, of success to be had in the hobby. Right. And, um, and, and again, I always advise people collect what you like, right. Where, you know, the Frankie Sanders and Terry Crosby's of the world, you know, most people probably don't even know who they are, but, you know, to add them to my collection, you know, would, would be a lot of fun for me. (laughs) And and, uh, (laughs) that's what it's all about, right. That's what it really should be all. Yeah. And and the fact that there's some guys like that, that are a little elusive, right. They're, you know, well, you know, why can't I, I, I get him right. It's uh, you know, there should be a way let's find a way. Um, it kind of, you know, that's part of the fun is the chase. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Guys, we're speaking with Tim Gallagher. Tim is consignment director at Robert Edwards Auctions. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim Gal, G-A-L-L-13. Tim, you want to give an email address if someone has, uh, they're thinking about uh, selling their collection and uh, have some questions for you? Sure. Yeah, I, I can be reached uh, through the Robert Edward Auctions website, but the email is just Tim at Robert Edward Auctions.com. So Edward without an S, auctions with an S. Uh, Tim at Robert Edward Auctions.com. Or if you go to the Robert Edward Auctions website and look at the, the team that we've uh, put together, uh, you'll, you'll find me there and uh, can connect with me that way. But always happy to talk with collectors and um, kind of see where they are in their collecting journey. Um, you know, I know before I started consigning, I didn't really even understand that world. I mean, I knew it existed, but, you know, just some of the terms in terms of um, you know, the fees and, you know, how the process works and the timing and how, how you get paid. And, you know, it, it was all new to me. Um, you know, obviously I was able to, to learn and have some success as a consigner, but um, uh, happy to right. have that and conversation. You, got, you, you went through it as a collector as well. So you're bringing, you're coming from a collector's stamp, standpoint um, and you understand the, the decision. It's a tough decision to sell your collection sometimes. And, uh, I know you're there to help the people through that process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, yeah, and it kind of can give some perspective uh, as well on um, on what things are worth and values and, you know, kind of give them some uh, realistic expectations. Obviously, we hope hope their items go to the moon in terms of value, but um you know, for a lot of things, there's there's comps and, you know, we want to make sure our expectations mo mostly align on the front end. You know, we, you know, we want it to be a, a win-win experience for, uh, for our consigners. And it usually is. All right, my friend. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your time today. It was great to learn about your collecting life and your collect and your and all the successes and what pat your passion and it's great to talk to somebody who's as passionate about the hobby as we are so thank you tim it's nice to spend some time with you well you too jeff and appreciate you keeping uh the stories alive and uh and you know people having success and yeah, I always say it, it, there's still a, a, a little charge or adrenaline, you know, spark I get when you go to the mailbox and you see something that comes back through the mail. And same same in person, obviously, as well, when it's a, a good. Uh, um, yeah, there's something about getting that envelope and opening it up and seeing who it is and seeing the return. And if you get a letter back or they do something special, I really I love when I get a call. I get a call every once in a while from an athlete and it's it's really cool. Yeah, so I, I again appreciate uh, your your love of the hobby and and collecting and uh, and sports in general. So it's it's all great great stuff that we can all share and uh, and enjoy. All right, guys, follow Tim. Tim is at at Tim G A L L thirteen on Twitter. He does a uh, today's treasures, which is a great post. He posts every day uh, a lot of basketball stuff. If you're into basketball, you got to follow uh, Tim on tw on Twitter because he's the best at that. He has uh, been collecting autographs for over fifty years. Uh, he learns as knows more about autographs than just about anyone out there. So he's a great guy to follow. Tim, I thank you for your time. All right, Jeff. Scanning and cataloging your collection has never been easier, thanks to the free Collects app. Join over 1 million other collectors in digitizing and pricing your collection. 
unlock exclusive features to take your hobby to the next level, like printable checklists, huge discounts to hobby companies, collects AI, and the ability to export your collection to a spreadsheet, all available when you upgrade to Collects Pro. Use Collects AI to help research cards to buy or supercharge the descriptions on your cards to sell them even faster. You also get exclusive discounts with partners like Fanatics, Lupe, and BCW Supplies. Download Collects, that's Collects, C-O-L-L-X, free on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Drew, there's some guys that are going to forget, um, you know, about stuff, more stuff than we ever knew, right? You know what I mean? These guys just have been doing it forever. And Tim's one of those guys, and, and he was great to talk to. Um, very forthright and very, uh, very interesting. And uh, he was, he was, you know, all I had to do was give him a, a, a softball or a question and a pitch and he would just nail it and just keep on going. He, he was a really good interview. So I really enjoyed talking with Tim Gallagher and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Well, Drew, that wraps up collector's corner. Let's go right into making the grade. Making the grade is sponsored by certified sports guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. It's football season. There's no better time to get your NFL stars, rookies, and veteran cards graded. CGC Cards offers fast turnaround times, so you get your cards back even faster. They have crystal clear holders, so your cards shine. And best yet, all starting at just $12 a card. Head to cgccards.com to start grading your cards today. Making the grade is a new summary. What's been going on in the grading community? We have some grading numbers to report. We'll have our big three a little in a little later. But first, uh, some news from CS, uh, CGC. CGC has partnered with Mas, uh, Mascot. Mascot, of course, is the new company that Ezra Levine is in charge of. He's the new CEO, and uh, he's putting his fo uh, footprint on the company. And uh, you can now have cards graded by CGC, uh, and they'll be sold through Mascot on eBay, MySlabs, or Spot, uh, Shopify. And it's a really cool deal. It's a great deal for uh, both the companies. It's also a great deal for the collectors. So you can check out CGC at cgccards.com or mascot at mascot.com. Uh, check it out. It's a really uh, neat partnership. And, and I congratulate both both companies for uh, the partnership, new partnership. Nice. All right, Drew, we have some grading numbers to let you guys know about. Yes, we do. For uh, the week of September 18th through the 24th, Little fluctuations here, but nothing majorly serious. PSA down a little bit. 261,100 cards that they uh, graded this week. That's a 17% drop for them. Seems to happen every now and then. You see these you know, double-digit drops and rises both out of PSA. SGC, nice big rise for them. 32,800 cards graded. That is a 19% increase. Beckett seeing an 18% increase to 17,100 cards. Once again, though, no numbers from CGC just yet. So, uh, once again, though, as soon as we have any numbers from CGC, we will let you know exactly what's uh, been going on with cards getting set through that. Yeah, and on uh, Wednesday we will have grading numbers for the month of September, and there yes, will be numbers. Right. For, there will be numbers for CGC. I, I I am told that. That's good. <laughs> good. All right, guys. Well, then that time for the big three. The big three. Drew, we we can take a little break. We got yes. All right, I like that. We got Ryan from Gemrate to give us this week's big three. And uh, please enjoy my my talk with Ryan from, from Gemrate. And here's this week's big three. 
This week's Big Three is brought to you by Gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at Gemrate.com. All right, guys, it's time for the Big Three! The Big Three! The Big Three! We love the Big Three! It's time for the Big Three! And, of course, the Big Three is sponsored by Gemrate.com. Gemrate.com. The guys are the best in... What you want to hear from Ryan from 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 the big from Gemrate? Guess what? He's on the line with us. Hey Ryan. Hey Jeff. Thanks for having me. Always always a pleasure to be on. Of course we have. I'm talking to Ryan Straczynski. Did I get it right, Ryan? I always mess that. You always nail it. No, you always all right. Uh, Ryan Straczynski. He, he is president and founder of Gemrate.com. Make sure you follow Gemrate on social media on Twitter. We're not calling it X. I'm not calling it X. I refuse <laughs> to call it X. It's Twitter. He is on Twitter. He is on Instagram. He is all over the social media. Make sure you follow him. Gemrate.com. They follow the uh, grading of the top four grading uh, companies. And they put out grading statistics on a daily basis as well as a weekly basis and a uh, monthly basis. And today, Ryan is going to deliver the big three for us. So we, we you guys are getting an A-plus show today. A-plus show. Ryan. <laughs> The pressure is on. You've set you've set a high bar. I don't know if I can get the expectations, <laughs> but I'll give it a shot. Um, All right, who, who's our risers this week, Ryan? Yeah, so this is kind of a this. I was looking at the data this week, and you know, last week it was interesting because it was a little more uh, eighty centric, and this week it's a little bit more ultra modern. But it's kind of like the who's who of the you know the hobby today, which is Brock Purdy was number one at forty two percent. He was up forty two percent compared to last week. Um, you know, obviously he's always interesting to see right now. With the, all the 2022 football coming out, he seems to be the big chase. Can, can you believe out of all these quarterbacks, the Herberts and Burrows and all these guys, is freaking Brock Purdy is the guy that everyone is wants and is is basically the most successful on the field? Well, it is interesting. He hasn't lost a game yet, so there's that. And then know. you know you have all these 2022 cards coming out. Well, at least you do for now. And so people are think you know he's the big chase, and so. It's been, I feel it's like he'd be the guy that invested in Trey Lance and bought all those stupid Trey Lance mm. cards two years ago. I know. I just, I just had uh, randomly met somebody who was a big Trey Lance collector the other day, and he was still just saying, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a chance they're worth holding on to. But he wasn't trying to move them. He kind of was just cutting his losses and sitting on them. Yeah, for a while, I mean, he, so. he's he's basically a backup in Dallas, and other yeah. than getting traded to the Jets or to getting, you know, getting an opportunity someplace. He's he's really the, the the big stinker of the group. I know it's tough. It's hard. I mean, when you draft those guys on potential, you never really know what's going to happen there. But yeah, I mean, then you got Purdy, the exact opposite of this, totally unexpected. So yeah, he's I, been he's he's been at the top or the higher end of this list for the last few weeks. I know, but you look like a guy like Trey Lance. Where did he come from? Like North Dakota, North Dakota State or something, right? Right, right. He, he was he didn't have the pedigree. He you know it's not like Mac Jones. At least he was in Alabama and he won a lot of games there and he showed something on the field. Uh, Trey Lance didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, sometimes you outthink yourself in that game. I guess. But yeah, think- there was. I was, I, you know, I listened to a ton of content and they talk about how they were, they had sold themselves on Mac Jones and then they were decided last minute, you know, I don't know if it was the, something on the ringer or Simmons or something like that. But anyways, yeah, it's just, you know, you got to, you, you trade all these assets and you think you got to make a big move and didn't work out for them. But, you know, they, they, that at least, uh, you know, that, that sort of ownership group and management team, at least they, you know, Brock Purdy bought them more time. So, you know, well, you know for a collector on. like me who I don't, I'm not a, I don't invest, you know, I'm, I'm a collector more of a, than an investor. So 
you know, when I buy the the packs and I get, you know, I put my cards away and then two, two or three years later, I go, look, I got two Brock Purdy uh, rookie cards. And I, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, I feel much better about myself. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll be interesting to watch, especially, you know, that Niners team, people are pretty excited about it and he doesn't have to do too much to, you know, he can be a little bit more of a game manager. I know they might, they're going to go, I think against the Eagles. So the, the shot at the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, yeah, they look good so far. All right, sorry to interrupt. I get all excited. Oh, no, yeah. With this. Purdy, Purdy, Purdy's, uh, Purdy's one to watch for sure. Um, so then the next, you know, like I said, it's kind of a who's who right now. Victor Wembanyama was the number two here. With he's up thirty nine percent. Obviously, doesn't have that many cards in the market now, so it doesn't take nearly as much. Like you know, Purdy at least has some cards out there. He's been around a little bit longer, where Wembanyama still kind of only has a few cards to chase. But his tops now draft card which was actually the featured card that I called out this, uh, this week is it's already crossed 4,500 cards graded and it didn't even, you know, come to market until the end of July. So it's been graded quite a bit. It's one of these cards that already, it's got like almost a 90% gem rate across all the different companies. And so comes in high, high condition or great condition. And so there's, you'll see a lot of those hitting the grading companies today. So anyways, Victor is almost up 40% as well. Uh, it'll be crazy to watch his numbers once we actually, you know, assuming we do get, basketball cards on sort of the you know the usual schedule yeah um he's gonna obviously be such a massive chase and he'll be interesting because people will pay a premium for him unlike they have or like you know maybe they were less willing to with like paulo and stuff like that where you know they'll send in his base cards at sort of expedited service and things like that uh just because he's you know there's so much so much interest and intrigue behind what he's what he what he can do as a collector, do you consider his tops now um, draft card his rookie card, or do you really it really needs the the rookie insignia, um, you know, to be a, a panini card or or you know bite your tongue a, a fanatics card? I think I don't I don't know that it'll have a lot a lot of like you know in the in the, in the midterm I don't think it'll have a lot a lot of staying power. I just think it's something where people can get excited about either you know, have be one of the first to own a Victor card right now, or it's just an easy card to move. And so that's the sort of hot commodity right now. Yeah. It, I th- And then I think the next stuff will come out for the next few years and everybody will forget about it. But then I do think like, you know, maybe 10 years from now, come, people come back to it and say, you know, that was actually one of his first cards issued. And it's not as, you know, there's, there's a limited print runner for that. And so I think people might come back to it like 10 years from now and actually find it to be interesting. But I think for like, you know, the foreseeable future, it's going to be something that people just move quickly and then maybe they come back to in the, in the long run. But I don't know. I like the Jordan star, comp- star card. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. So we'll see. And then the last one on the list is Corbin Carroll, who I think was probably is still probably and likely the, you know, the front runner for and maybe as a lock now on the, the NL rookie of the year. Because I mean, I think he's even in, you know, the distant MVP conversation. But Corbin Carroll was up. 38 percent i was just looking i, I my, my guardians have fallen out of you know, they were eliminated but <laughs> yeah, uh guardians have totally disappointed i know i think, I know I, think drew, I think drew might have a heart attack with that bullpen this year he uh, is not happy with the bullpen <laughs> they were tough they were tough i mean you know they get by they sort of thread the needle with you know this one of these small market teams uh and Terry, you know tito francona had done such a good job with him he he actually just was honored because he's retiring um last night but yeah, they just, it, you know, they're, they're, they were due for, you know, some sort of regression and it definitely hit them this year. They had a lot of injuries and bullpen, a lot of their sort of like, you know, one, two year pickups did not pan out this year. But anyways, I hadn't been looking at the standings that closely until recently. And I saw the Diamondbacks are pretty much a shoe in to get in. Uh, so that's cool to see because they've been 
they haven't been in the mix too much the last, you know, five, five plus years. And so it's cool to see them there, but Corbin Carroll has obviously been one of the, uh, you know, the catalyst for their success this year. Yeah. And Les Wolf and I were talking uh, this morning that we're, we're playing on today on today's show. Um, you know, there's always somebody that comes out of nowhere uh, to find that cards value really increased from a playoff performance. And Corbin McCarroll might be one of them. If, if, if the Diamondbacks surprised and win a series, I think he's going to be one of the main reasons. Yeah. I like, I, I like Corbin Carroll a lot. I'm a, I'm a big Michael Harris fan. So I'm kind of going to be keeping an eye on the Braves. He, he did not sort of perform quite as well, at least not from like a war perspective yep. relative to what he did his rookie year, but he's one of those guys too. Same kind of idea. I think he's going to, people will start to pay more. He'll sort of show up on people's radars in the playoffs here and, Hopefully it can show out a bit, but I like Michael Harris a lot too. And sort of that same, same concept of, you know, the playoffs can hopefully bring some of these younger stars onto the, into the mainstream. All right, guys, just to review, we have Brock Purdy up 42%, Victor Wembenyaya up 39% and Corbin Carroll up 38%. I thought I'm going to get, I was going to get away without saying Victor Wembenyaya. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited to throw the name in the mix just to hear you say it. Yeah, so. thank you. You guys love that. I know you do. <laughs> Uh, Clemente, Clemente always loves when I have to say a name. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but that those are the risers. The fallers are all three baseball players, all three guys that at one time or another were, were kind of darlings. Why don't we talk about the three fallers? Yeah, so Vlad Guerrero Jr., you know, they're not massive drops. Uh, this week when I was looking at the data, you know, it just happens to be one of these weeks where, because I do it midweek, it's not actually been reported on yet, but the yep. numbers are trending up. So when we when we release data on Monday of the, you know, this coming Monday, you'll see that the numbers are are, are going to be up. But anyways, as a result of you don't have like massive declines. So anyways, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is down 5%. Uh, he's sort of the first player on this list. He's interesting. He's kind of had a, you know, a little bit of a disappointing year. I mean, if you look at what he's doing, he's just, there's high expectations. And I think he's got like 27 or something like that. Right, but he might be and... one of those players that turns it around from the playoffs, right? If he comes out, exactly. four, if he hits four home runs in the first series or the first two series, all of a sudden he swings back to where he should be. Yep, yep. And then the next guy we can uh, we can go, you know, gloss over, this... but we got Wander here at down was, 11%. It, it really kills me. Yeah, there was somebody I went to the Philly show this, this weekend, just he was so dejected just walking around trying to move his wanders for, you know, whatever anybody would, take, you know, offer I know. Him. it's just it's as so a, tough. As a collector, don't you just hold on to him? Yeah, I don't even know what you do. You, some people probably don't, most people probably don't even want him at this stage. I know, do you, he's, he's done, right? You think his career is done? Yeah, I mean, unless that, you know, unless that just we find out that the news was sort of overblown and it's not true, obviously, then yeah, I mean, it's obviously looking pretty unlikely that he's going to be back. Yeah, I don't, I don't think know. he, I really don't think he can. There's some, there's only, there's some things that you can't recuperate from in the public eye and from, uh, you know, your actions. And this is one of them. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, it's even one of those things. Yeah, just even the accusations and you know, could just work. You know, I know it's definitely you know, what it's he does for a long to talk time. About, but it's it, you know, it, it, as a collector and as a fan. I, I'm the first to admit, I thought he was the guy. I, you know, two years ago, I thought he was the guy. And I, you know, he, I thought he performed well on the field. And, you know, you know, the only thing that was going to sidetrack Wander was himself. And he did. That's what happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, especially in the prospecting world, it's so hard because you really don't. I mean, I actually, I watch a lot of the Instagram uh, feeds of the players that I collect that are like prospects just because I like to see who's hitting the cages yeah. or who's out, you know, just 
trying to, you know, um, whatever, just sort of kind of like showcasing their life. And, you know, it's just hard to know the behind the scenes of a lot of these players. So anyways, obviously that was, that's a tough one to just watch. And anyways, he, he saw a decline again this week. I think he's been seeing a pretty you know steady decline here over the last few weeks. And then the last one, he's probably not on nearly as many people's radar. He got, he just got called up this week, junior Caminero for the Rays. They called him up as well. Um, and he's, He's a tough one for me personally because he was a Guardians prospect that we traded at the deadline for a relief pitcher who did not pan out. Um, so, you know, it's one of those you don't want to be trading with the Rays too often because they seem to do pretty well at those. And we we have a history of being, you know, had by them. But anyways, Junior Caminero was down 15%. I think he's more likely just a. sometimes these are just a result of people that were getting graded a lot and then momentum stalls because of product people have shifted. So, for example, he was sort of become the chase of, uh, 2023 Bowman, and now that we're in 2023 Bowman Chrome season, people probably stop, you know, grading their junior Camineros a little bit and are focused on sort of like the new stuff they've been ripping. But I don't think it has anything to do with sort of like how people view junior Camineros and his, you know, his prospects in the hobby. I think it's more just a factor of the timing of sets and things like that. But he, I sometimes when these individuals like them show up on this list, you know, given the context, they may not include them. But for him, I think it's just interesting, just in the sense of. He's actually going to be in the playoff spotlight. You assume, well, actually, I don't know if he'll call, qualify for the playoff roster, but he's. Um, yeah, I don't think he does because he got he called up got called up too late. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, it's interesting name to keep an eye on. Um, but he was one that you know, personally, I'll be watching a lot to see how his career pans out. But he's definitely one that hurts from a from a guardian standpoint. I was at the Red Sox Rays game uh, on Wednesday night, and uh, he looked overmatched. Basically. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, he he did not look good. I I, I specifically, uh, well, he was the one guy I was wanted to watch because I hadn't seen him play in mm-hmm. person, and uh, he did not look good. <laughs> well, he's young, so he's got time. You know, it's only yeah. one game, and I'm at least he knows. I'm watching the from the stands, but he just you know sometimes you see a guy that really impresses you physically, and he didn't. For me, yeah. uh, it just he was he got. I think he great. I think he grounded into double play. He struck out. He uh, a little a little weak uh, dribbler in front of the plate, and the catcher throw him out. And he's got a little speed, I guess, but he yeah. he really didn't display it. And he he never he never got got on. Uh, he never nailed the ball. He he didn't. He was he was never on in a ball the whole night. And we're talking the Red Sox crappy pitching, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I like that inside information, though, a little inside track on maybe, you know, not go too, 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 uh, too heavy on junior yet. Give him a little bit of time. Yeah, I would. St- I would. Uh, I'm sure he'll start the season in the minors next year. I don't think he's ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, hey, enough. you know what? How's the numbers been overall in terms of grading? Is it is it been pretty steady in terms of the numbers of cards getting graded? Yeah. So I looked at because uh, we'll be coming out with a report on Sunday. Uh which will be October 1st. And I was just doing a quick check as we're starting to do a little bit of prep for it. And we set a record in, in August for grading activity wow. across the big four grading companies. And so I was trying to see how September was trending and it's pretty close. I don't know if it'll be a little bit short of that or a little bit above it, but it's about the same. So anyways, uh, September activity is looking pretty close to what we saw in, in August, which was a good month. So things have you been- You think the national contributed to the numbers in August? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody had a good special- all the all the you know the booths were busy uh people dropping stuff off and so there's probably a little bit of you know spillover from that but in general i think you've got a lot of people that have been interested in the football market basketball has been interesting because basketball has been really tough i mean it's been down big for 60 70 percent now for the last i don't know six to eight months and so 
Well, we had, yeah, a, they we had need... a really crappy uh, draft class this past. This, you know, yeah. Cunningham got hurt. I don't think there was one. One. I don't think there was one player that really was shined uh, on the court. You know what I mean? I think they were a couple good players, but nothing, nothing like we've had in the past. Yeah. So there, that definitely needs a jump start. So we'll see if you know the Victor Mania, Scoop Mania, you know, does anything for the basketball market, but. Um, you know, if, if not, we'll see how long sort of the NFL momentum. And obviously, you know, you have companies like um, SGC, which have been doing a lot of specials, helping sort of with the baseball numbers and things like that. You've got, we'll see if like, see, you know, CGC gets more aggressive. They've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes to um, just get things in order as they're doing their, you know, their merger of the TCG and the sports entities into the, into the, you know, the one brand, um, which is interesting because we actually haven't been able to report on it nearly as much as we, normally would we've had a little bit of a stop and go with them and I, I have a good line of communication with them um but basically they're doing the right stuff they're just getting things in order in the back end and it just provides inconsistency with how they update their pop report currently and so yeah. i have a general sense for how they're doing but you know i'm very big on this idea of just if it doesn't hit the pop report i won't report on it because i need to have the transparency and visibility behind you know what's moving and why it's moving and so but that said, I actually will report on them for the month. I haven't been doing it on a daily basis, and I haven't yep, been doing it. I was going to ask you. So we, we will see uh, GC, CGC numbers for the month of September? Yep, yep. And it's a little bit of like, a, you know, there'll be a little bit of an asterisk just in the sense of, you know, like they're, they're actually their sports cards data has a little bit of like a catch up from some activity that happened in, in you know, like July and August that hits the pop report in September. So it, it's got, they're never going to, I mean, I shouldn't say never, but in the near term, when they're doing this back end stuff on their side, there's a little bit of just a timing consideration, just in the sense of like, it's not like everything was hit, hit there, you know, even though it hit the pop report in September, it might've been stuff that was great in like August. Sure. But they're, they're going to be back on the pop report and they're, you know, they're doing well. I mean, they're, especially the TCG side, the TCG side has been doing great. The sports side, they've been regaining momentum there. They're building a lot of like the right partnerships and stuff like that, but they're just sort of playing the long game, which is good. Uh, but once they get these, um, you know, back end and sort of the database stuff in order and just in general have things sort of all locked in from the the uh, merger standpoint that they did, the entity merger, you know, I'll be curious to see if they get a little bit more aggressive on like the sports card side, start doing more promotions as well. They just did an interesting promotion with like TCG stuff too, around yep. some of the new Pokemon releases. So we'll keep an eye out for what happens there. But anyway, yeah, I mean, the momentum across the grading space in general has been really strong. So, you know, that's, that's, that's. I think always surprising to people because you hear a lot of the, you know, the ups and downs in the market and people are sort of concerned about the, you know, just the the momentum and sort of the longevity of every, you know, everything related to cards. And when you look at the grading numbers, there's no shortage of just, you know, people sending cards in these days. So it's, you know, the numbers are continue to sort of set and break records. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good indication of um, the temperature of the hobby. You know what I mean? It, I would think if we have, two, three, four months of, of down uh, with numbers and grading, then I might be concerned. But uh, as long as the grading numbers are, are healthy, that means that people are spending money, right? They're spending money to get their cards graded. And uh, there, there's, there's still people uh, active in, in the uh, hobby. And that means more graded cards on the market means more sales or potential sales. Because once you get a card graded, that's one of the reasons you get it, you get it graded is to sell it. Yeah, so I think you nail, you're nailing a big point there, which is I think the grading is a very optimistic sort of uh, window into what's happening. I think the key is the slabs have to move after people grade them. And so I think that's still, you know, up in the air as it relates to just like 
all this volume that we're seeing are the slabs moving in the secondary market to the degree that people are sort of ramping up grading activity. And I actually don't know. That's one of the things that we don't really have nearly as much visibility on is just sort of the secondary transactions for each company. We could do it. I just haven't really put a lot of time to it. But anyway, yeah, hopefully, hopefully what we're seeing is that, you know, these slabs, the ones that aren't going into collections for the long term, the ones that people are creating with the intention of moving, you know, are they're able to move them without too much friction. Cool. All right, guys. This is Ryan Stuxinski. I'll get it right. I promise, Ryan. Nailed it. You got it. Every time. You're 100% on it. You're, you he, know, is from a thousand. he is from gemrate.com. He provides us the big three every week, and he's here giving us this week's big three. The followers, of course, are Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., down 5%. Wander Franco, down 11%. Junior Caminero, down 15%. So those were the followers. Ryan Thank you so much, guys. Follow Ryan on gemrate.com, on Twitter, on uh, social media. Do that. You have a YouTube channel, right? YouTube? No, we're not doing anything there yet. Nah, I okay. just have. I haven't gotten around to it. Someday. Someday. Just, All right. Just, just the socials, just the just the Instagrams and the Twitters of the world. Follow him. They post every day, guys. Every day. Grading numbers every day. Uh, weekly grading numbers uh, once a week and also monthly grading numbers at the end of the month. Uh, and there's all sorts of stuff. You can go to gemrate.com on their website. Get caught, get lost in the rabbit hole because it's just statistics over statistics. It's very fun. I really enjoy yes. Ryan. I really enjoy your website. I'm one of those 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 number geeks that I go I go on I go on your site and I get lost for an hour. Well, I appreciate that. And hopefully soon, one thing to mention too is keep an eye out. We'll be launching in the next month or so. We've been doing a lot of work on this Universal Pop Report, so just one one way to view the data across all the grading companies. And so we'll start to window that. We're not going to do it for, obviously for every set, but anyways, that's um you know just a little teaser for things that we're working on and we'll, we'll definitely be starting to roll some of that out over the next you know four to six weeks but yeah generate.com is where you'll be able to see a lot of that first all right but as you. always thanks jeff appreciate thank you my friend. We will have, i'll have you on again next month and you can update us on, on uh the progress of that and, and uh we, we can talk uh you can make hides of hair of all the statistics because drew and i look at it and we like i don't know why <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't know why we, we speculate <laughs> but you 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 have a better handle on it than we do so i really thank you for uh being the expert today thanks my friend all right thanks jeff all right be good Drew, uh, Ryan's been one of the one of the guys that I've become really friendly with uh, through the hobby and, and through our podcast, and I really uh, enjoy spending time with him. And you know, he has a true passion for collecting and a passion for grading, and uh, it's it's really cool to talk to him because we, you, and I look at these numbers and we try to dissect them and make heads or tails out of them. But Ryan really has his finger on it and understands the numbers and understands how we got those numbers and why they're they're up and down and it was really fun to talk to ryan uh and take some pressure off us you know right exactly it's just kind of cool to see this stuff like viewing it almost like a little bit of like similar to like stock market essentially you know how the numbers go up and down as player performance can go up and down and anything like that yeah it's cool all right guy that wraps up our uh, making the grade next up we'll do our ttm cast stamp of approval I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. So Dry came up with this, this segment way back when we, we first started it because I wanted to show people we, we did stuff other than just collect cards. You know, we, we yep, live yep. a life. We what we watch TV, we go out to eat, we read mm-hmm. books. We have, we have a, a, a life. Yeah. Well, not, no, well, not really. Right. If you have to, after you have to put a gun to my head, not really, but. It, it, it's a very small part of our lives out, that's uh, anything outside cards. So, yes. 
Why don't you do yours first and then I'll do mine next, okay? All right, yeah, mine actually is sports related this week and uh goes with the hat that I'm wearing today as we uh as we do our broadcast here our podcast, whatever you, whatever you want to this show here, we'll say. There you go. And I've got my Collingwood Magpies hat on because the Collingwood Magpies are the 2023 Australian Football League Premiership winners this year. They beat Brisbane overnight by a 90 to 86 score, taking home my uh, yet another one, yet another flag for them. I think it's 13 that said they've got now, something like that. That must have been a great yeah. game. It sounds like it was. I caught about three quarters of it. It was just back and forth all the way. I mean, it was a lot better than, I mean, the last grand final that I watched was two years ago. And uh, West uh, Western jumped out to this big lead early on. And then uh, Melbourne came back, tied it up, then just jumped up this huge lead the rest of the way. It's like, by the end of the third quarter, it's like, this really isn't worth watching anymore. But this one was very close all the way. So a uh, very good game to watch. But I want to mention, though, most importantly, Mason Cox is the player that I want to highlight in there. Mason Cox is the tallest player in league history, 6'11". Wow. And uh, in the game, he had uh, two behinds, seven disposals, 31 hitouts. Hollywood uh, really controlled the ball ups. They won... 30 ball up or 50 ball ups to uh, Brisbane's 32. And he had 31 of them himself. So uh, really controlling all that. But Mason Cox is currently the only American in the men's competition. There's one American. There's one American in the men's one American in the women's and only four U S born players ever in uh, on the men's side. Uh, and it, once you include those guys, two of those men were born to uh, in the U S to Australian parents and moved back to Australia when they were young. So it's like, yeah, they're technically really American-born, but yeah, not American-trained. But he's only the second American-born premiership winner after Don Pike, who was one of those players who was born here and then moved back when his family moved back when he was like three years old or so. But Mason is a native of Highland Village, Texas, just up the road here in the uh, Dallas area. He started out as a high school soccer player, of all things, and he was a state championship, or state champion for Flower Mound Marcus High School back around. Uh, I think it was the early 2010s he ended up winning it with them. Marcus Smart was actually one of his classmates there at Flower Mound Market. That's cool. And then he ended up as a teammate of Marcus Smart at Oklahoma State. So uh, he goes on Oklahoma State. He wasn't planning on playing any sports or anything. He just picked up basketball as a hobby because, I mean, for God's sake, the kid's 6'11". I mean, you see a random 6'11 dude who's not a basketball player. You're going to say, hey, you know, come join our pickup game and dominate everything. So he starts playing basketball as a hobby, and the women's team coach sees him out there and says, uh, hey, we need somebody to practice with us to simulate Brittany Griner because we don't we don't have anybody who can who can resemble her in the slightest there in terms of you know on court plays. So the women's team brings him in to just practice with him a bit to be uh to be their fake Brittany Griner. So the men's coach sees him and is like, oh my god, where'd this guy come from? Hey, how'd you like to join the basketball team as a walk-on? And so he does. Over three seasons, he played 24 games, 57 minutes, seven points, but 25 rebounds. So uh, controlling the boards pretty well there when he got into games. Plays through his college basketball time, and uh, so the AFL International Combine sees him and goes, hey, we've got this really tall guy who plays basketball and soccer. Why don't you come and try out for this? Why not? And he's like, all right, sure. So he goes to the AFL International Combine, gets drafted by Collingwood in the fourth round in 2014, and turns into like an everyday player for them. I mean, he's played 112 AFL games and has kicked 117 goals in that time. There's a Disney and, movie there, Drew. There is a yeah, Disney there absolutely movie should there. Be. Yes, there definitely should be. And he's done all this despite having a serious injury to each of his eyes. It required six surgeries total. He actually has special dispensation from the league to wear prescription sunglasses while he's playing because he's just got, I mean, he's got, I think it was like a torn retina in one eye and a detached retina in the other. 
but uh, he finally is an AFL champion along with all of this stuff. So my stamp approval for the week is the Collingwood Magpies and specifically Mason Cox as the 2023 AFL premieres. All right. The key question is, does Mason Cox sign autographs through the mail? I have not yet tried. Uh, I've had such little luck sending to Australia. I might have to find his parents' address over here in Dallas or something and try uh, sending to him there. But uh, I'll get back to you on that here uh, probably soon. If I can. Does he does he have a card? Does he have a um a, an Alan Ginter card or does he have? Do they have any uh, cards that you can get signed? I bet if I look around, I could find some from the Australian Select sets, which is different. It's not the same brand as Panini's Select at all or anything, but. Australia has this brand called Select that makes a lot of the football cards there. So I haven't looked for any of its cards yet, but if I can come across one, I'll probably pick it up. And yeah, we'll try TTFing it. All right, guys. Uh, if you have one of his cards, help, give Drew some help, right? Help help yeah. your brother out. <laughs> put him in there. Put him in the right direction. Yeah, all right. absolutely. All right, all right, Drew. Thank you. That was uh, Drew's stamp approval of the week. My stamp approval is I'm reading a new book. It's called Why We Love uh, Baseball. It's by Joe Pan Posnanski, Joe Posnanski, uh, and it was uh, given to me by our, one of our listeners. And I about halfway through it, it's really good. It starts off with I, I'm sure you heard the story, Drew, but I'll, I'll uh, talk about it a little, and you can, you can let me know if you knew um, when Gaylord Perry was a rookie. He was he was in the bat in the you know taking swings uh, during batting practice and uh, the 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 coach I think it was Alvin Dark and a sports writer sitting there and uh, Perry was wailing on the ball he was just he, he was killing it crushing it and the uh, newspaper reporter said oh co- uh, coach looks like you have a a, a, a hitter here you found a, a diamond in the rough and uh, Al Dark looks up he goes who Perry no way. This this guy man will land on the moon before Perry hits his first home run. Mm-hmm. So move forward seven years, and it's the day uh, that the man land on the moon uh, was July twentieth, I believe, nineteen sixty nine. Perry is pitching that day, and uh, he is comes up to bat about I don't know half hour after man lands on the moon, and lo and behold, Perry hit his only home run. Yes, <laughs> it's a great, but that's the kind of stories that are in the book. So they yeah. lead. He starts off with that, and it's he he tell, tells all sorts of kind of cool baseball stories. Uh, you know, Rick Camp hitting his first home run and stuff like that. So it's really a a great uh, book. It's called Why We Love Baseball by Joe Pans uh, Posnanski, and I highly recommend it. Go out and pick up a copy today. Nice. All right, Drew, that quick, wraps. Good. Quick FYI before we moved on, I just did a quick look on TCDB, and Mason Cox actually does have an Allen and Ginter card 2019 so I oh. might not have to deal with Australia after all you'll have to go, you'll have to go into um into collections in the marketplaces if there's a, a his card there absolutely it's all, so what did they go for like a dollar right yeah I can't think I couldn't see it going for much more than a couple bucks there so yeah I'll have to I'll, that, that'll that'll be my next purchase there on the collects marketplace all right you're the man all right thank you Drew uh that wraps up our TTM cast stamp of approval for the week we're going to go right into the Vern Rat Minute.
the Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap. We uh, I sent out a TTM request to him uh, prior after he had passed away, and we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers uh, to let people know who passed away in the world of sports, uh, celebrity, politics, music. Uh, so you're not embarrassed by sending out a TTM request to someone who passed. Uh, we lost a great TTM or TTM Hall of Famer, right, Drew? He uh, played for the Baltimore Orioles from 1955 to 1977. He's a baseball Hall of Famer. Uh, I know uh, I saw, I don't know, I had to see five or six um, TTM requests that posted after he passed away in terms of he, he was signing up till uh, his last days. Uh, talk, of course, about Brooks Robinson. He was 86 years old. I know he was a great TTMer for me uh, as well as you, right? You have his 72 card rolls. Did you? Oh, and a picture, right? You got the picture? I've got yeah. Well, he's uh, he's on several cards in the '72 set, and he's also in each of the uh, 2003 through 2005 tops all-time fan favorite sets. He's on a 2013 uh, '72 mini insert, and yeah, I've also got that uh, photo of him with the uh, gold gloves there, 11 by 14. Yeah, very good. I have a bunch as well. I know I saw one guy had. The complete run, Brooks Robinson, complete run yes. from 57 all the way to 77, except he hadn't, hadn't sent in, he hadn't sent in the rookie card yet. And he hadn't in 67 card he was missing, but still it was pretty good. Yeah. It, he had, he had, he had a lot of the inserts and it, it was, a, it was a nice collection. Brooks Robinson was a great signer. Um, I know he used to sign for free up until probably a couple of years ago where he, he started charging $10 just because I think he was tired of getting so many requests, right? Because right. he was such a, he was such a great guy. And uh, we talk about Brooks with, with uh, less this week. And uh, you know, it's sad when somebody that, that we knew and idolized passed away and Brooks Robinson certainly was one of them. He was ambassador to baseball and a, and a great guy and he will be missed. Drew, who else Absolutely. we got? Uh, we also lost uh, Tim Foley this week. Tim Foley was a defensive back for the Dolphins. Played for them from 1970 to 1980. He was a pro bowler in 1979. 134 games with them. He had 22 interceptions and won a pair of Super Bowl championships, including, of course, as, uh, as you can probably realize there from those years I just mentioned, he was a part of the 72 Dolphins undefeated team. Tim Foley, excellent TTM, or up until about 2021 is when he stopped signing. He was 75 years old. We lost pitcher Danny Morris. Danny played six games with Minnesota Twins in 1968 and 1969. He was actually a pretty good T-Tamer. He last T-Tamed in March of 2023. Danny Morris was 77 years old. Now we lost to Nick Cardillas this week. Nick Cardillas was a left winger in the NHL, played with the Mighty Ducks and the Jets from 2017 to 2018. Or just the Ducks by that point, they were. But 2017 to 2018 made his NHL debut as a Duck against the Bruins. He was the first Orange County kid, uh, Orange County trained player, at least, to play in the NHL. Not known to be a major TTMer. His last uh, TTM success was in 2018. Uh, Nick Cardillas died in a motorcycle accident at the age of 29. Well, Drew, we lost another left winger. Uh, we lost uh, Diane <laughs> Feinstein. She was the... She was a uh, U.S. senator from California. She was the first female uh, San Francisco mayor. Uh, Diane was... Uh, 90 years old absolute legend i mean she was a trailblazer in a lot of different ways there so i know the the tributes there that came out on uh every news channel there after uh the morning she died there just they were just everywhere uh we lost michael gambon this week as well he was the second person to play dumbledore in the harry potter movies michael gambon was 82 years old we lost terry kirkman terry kirkman was co-founder and uh singer and songwriter from the association, which was they were a big group in the six, 60s and 70s, right? 
Maybe yep. mostly 70s, right? Early 70s? Kind of late 60s. I think they debuted around, I want to say 66 or thereabouts. But uh, yeah, came on the scene real quick. And it seemed like I didn't, you didn't really hear much of them after about maybe 72, I want to say or so. Yeah. Something like that. They had, they had, um, he wrote Cherish and Enter the Young. Uh, he was co founder of the group. And uh, Terry Kirkman was 83 years old. Uh, we also lost uh, Glenn Bujnak, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly there. He was an offensive lineman, mostly with the Cincinnati Bengals, played a couple seasons with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. He was part of the Super Bowl 16 team with uh, Cincinnati that lost to uh, Joe Montana and the 49ers. And in 1977, he scored a touchdown on a four-yard run, the old uh, offensive lineman as fullback play, I'm assuming, there to be able to barrel that one in. But uh, Glenn played in 60 NFL games. He was a great TTMer all the way up until even about two weeks ago is when I saw the most recent success from him. Uh, Glenn Bujnak was 69 years old. Thank you, Drew. Well, that wraps up our Vern Rap Minute. Uh, condolences and sympathy. Sorry for your loss if you lost anyone this week. Uh, Drew, let's talk a little TTM returns. All right. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. You want to do yours? Yours because yours isn't going to take too long. Yeah, mine is real short, real quick here. I sent to Craig Simpson back in, I think it was around April or thereabouts. He is currently on Hockey Night in Canada with CBC, just sent up there to CBC and waited about five, six months here and finally came back to me here this past week. Uh, he signed all the cards that I sent, though, and uh, that includes a card for the 1988-89 top set. So knocking out another one of those, and I'll get to go and uh, update all my stuff here today. I got It's the end of the month, so time to update all the... Uh, excuse me, all of my uh, stuff that I've gotten here this month and put my set cards in. So, yeah, pretty light week, though, there, uh, when, on the TTM front, as it has been for the last few. But, hey, I got at least the one there with Craig Simpson coming in. Well, I just got three this week. I got Gary McAdam, who was uh, played for the Buffalo Sabres. He's a right, right winger. I got him on his 78 tops card. I don't know if he played for anyone else, Drew. I know he, he played a bunch, a few seasons with the, uh, with the Sabres. So, uh, yeah. We got we got him on his uh, seventy nine card seventy eight card. I'm sorry. I got Bob Gladu. Bob played. Uh, he was a running back with the New England Patriots. I got him on his nineteen seventy three tops card, and he signed in blue sharpie with his number. I also got back in the mail yesterday uh, my Reed Larson book. Reed Larson we had on the show, and I sent it off to him. He really quick turnaround, probably like about a week. He 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 signed the book and. Unfortunately, I sent him a rookie card as well. He didn't sign the rookie card, so I got to I got to send the rookie card back out. But um, so I got three three returns this week. I also sent out about ten New England Patriot requests, uh, mostly guys that were from the um the late '80s and early '90s. Those kind of crappy Patriots teams. So the most of, so most of those guys are good signers. So I sent off about ten requests. Uh, to them as well and then i also sent off fingers crossed i sent off with with uh fees to elvin hayes Pey peyton manning and randall cunningham peyton manning i'm not sure you know he's a, he, sometimes he's just a one one and done guy right you can he'll sign yeah. one and then not anymore but i figured i hadn't i hadn't got him in like four or five years so i figured i'd take a shot and then randall cunningham i sent to his church uh i don't know if he's still signing or not but i figured i'd take a shot on it we'll see yeah might as well Cool. So those are those are my TTM returns and some uh, TTM requests. I, uh, you know, I'm going away next weekend, so hopefully my mailbox will be full when we get back, and we'll have we'll have some more to report on. Um, but you know, we you can't you can't get returns if you don't send them out, right, Drew? Absolutely. Right, bud. Well, that wraps up uh, our show. Let's wrap the show. Put a bow on it, okay? All right. 
All right, first, we want to thank Tim Gallagher. Thank you, Tim Gallagher. Hopefully you enjoyed my interview with him. He, of course, is a basketball historian, a collector of basketball autographs and works for Robert Edwards Auction. We had Les Wolf doing appraisals. Les is the best. Thank you, Les. We also had Ryan from Gemrate coming on and doing the big three. So, uh, Drew, would these guys make us look good? Absolutely. Yes, they do. So we thank you guys for for helping make the show what it is. On Wednesday's show, we will have Rick uh, Brummeth. He is the Happy Collector. Make sure you check him out on uh, Instagram or on YouTube and on Twitter. He he does a lot of content. So we're going to talk to Rich about collecting and about the hobby, and that will be on Wednesday's show. Remember, guys, no show on Saturday. There'll be no show next Saturday. I will be in Savannah. Uh, we'll report back uh, when I get back. I've got three or four interviews in the can so to speak so we have a lot of a lot of content for you guys coming up good content coming up um i think that's it Drew. you got anything else you want to add before i let you go uh well i just went on real quick on the collection to look up that mason cox card and the only person who has it is asking twenty dollars for it so oh my uh, goodness <laughs> i did take a quick look on sport lots and i can find it on there for 20 cents so sorry collects i got to go over to sport lots on this one but i should hopefully be able to uh, grab that one and hopefully send it off soon very cool Great, great, great content as always, Drew. Make sure you check out Drew at DFW Graffer on YouTube. You want to win a Bob Stanley signed autograph card? What do you have to do, Drew? Just send us your name and your mailing address to ttmcast at yahoo.com. And that's a five by seven black and white picture, guys. We will pick the winner for next Wednesday's show. Again, no show on Saturday. I want to wish everyone many happy returns, Drew. Hopefully, you have a good week on returns. Your mailbox is full. Uh, that is it, guys. We'll see you on Wednesday. Be good. Yeah.